Good morning, you <laughs> filthy fucking animals. Who's that? Who is that? We haven't even said hello, <laughs> and there's an intruder. There's an intruder in this room. Get down to the ground, put your legs behind your head. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so this is Matt. Uh, hello, Matt. <laughs> um, hello, friend dude. of the podcast and our esteemed DM. Yes. A dungeon well, daddy if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which all of you are. If you're nasty. Which one of these podcasts will have to talk. How I got the fucking name Dungeon Daddy, and it's now on my socks. I'm gonna have to push this. Oh yeah, choke I did up get you. Microphone. I did but, get you, Daddy socks. Daddy and socks. I have actually been wearing them religiously. Yeah. So where Claire has to yell at me because I've been blowing through all my fun socks. Like right now, I'm wearing my penguin ones. Oh, those are cute penguin socks. I, one I of those penguins has a monocle. Yep. One of them. Yeah. They got monocles and oh yeah, <laughs> top hats. Do you see the top that, hat one? That, mm-hmm. He's the one that's mm-hmm. in charge. So I <laughs> obviously so the, the penguin wears a hat. Love comedical socks. Yeah, like mm-hmm. plain socks. I hate. Gotcha. And because I'm an animal, I refuse to buy new shoes. All my shoes are worn down. So now my socks have been taking the brunt of all my walking. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I have been blowing through my <laughs> socks recently, and it's breaking my heart. All my socks have holes in the bottom of the pad of the foot. Have you all of them. um, have you seen have you seen socks from the company Blue Q? I've heard of them. They're really good. He's gotten me a pair of socks from there. I think my mom's gotten me some socks from there, but they're. Uh, the, uh, oven mitt that I got mm-hmm. for him, that's oh. from Blue Q, but mm. all their stuff is, is kind of like that. It's, so. it's really silly, uh, for the audience since we haven't been on like yeah. since the holidays right. for Christmas. One of the things I got for Dave was an oven mitt that has uh, a guy with <laughs> multiple hands holding different like grilling implements in front of a grill. And it says, I'll feed all you fuckers. You <laughs> and then the back gnome socks. Oh yeah. Until you told me I no longer had you. And I was like, oh. this is after. So like the, now Amazon won't shut the fuck up about gnome stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Welcome Your search to my ruined. life. Also, yeah. um, <laughs> True. Rest assured, I already have like two pairs of gnome socks, so well, I'm not starving. For I found gnome one socks. pair. Like they were like <laughs> not meant to be worn in shoes, because what they did is they're like they're like more like comfy indoor socks. Oh, yeah. like so little like, slippy socks. Like slippy socks, and the ends of them was a gnome hat. <gasps> That's so awesome. The whole sock was just a gnome. <laughs> That's super cute. So like where your toes would be, pretty much like where the base of your foot was, is where it started forming the whole gnome. Yeah. And the end of your foot was the gnome's hat with a little right. cotton ball on top. That's well, really cute. Now I know what I'm obligated to buy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was either that, or I found like all these gnomes that were like cuddling on this like Great Dane of a dog, and I was like, it's a fucking two for one special. Oh. Because it looked like Bo. Yeah. And it was gnomes crying all over this dog that just looked <laughs> so done with life. And then I ruined everything yeah, <sighs> because I realized I left people off of the gift exchange and oh, I had right. to add them in and move things around. But it worked out well. It did work out really and I, well. And I think the person that you did get, which was Drew, was yeah. still a good match because I could give you some suggestions and you had enough in common to... Gift oh, exchanges yeah. are If fun. you listen to this, Drew, I blew up this poor woman's phone like, how about this? How about this? <laughs> and I was, and like, I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That sounds great. She'll like it. I think, what did you end up getting her? It was... Uh, well, I fought with one thing I wanted to buy, but luckily 
my wife to be is really good at telling me to calm the fuck down <laughs> is I found this really cool like Harry Potter collection set thing. It was like this box that had a wand that was a pen oh and it was God. all same thing because Christy told me Drew loves Harry Potter. So I was like, oh, it's great. It yeah. had a pen and all this other cool stuff that I thought was like someone who likes who is an English teacher would love. Yeah, right. And it was like $30. Yeah. Mm. It was like 30, 40 bucks. And I was like, it's only like 30, 40 bucks. And she's like, what's the max? I was like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what though? Here's my it's thing. It's a flexible max. If, if it's me, I, if I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. They don't know what I paid for it. And they don't have right. to. And that's <laughs> right. the stance I was taking. Yeah. Until Claire reminded me we also had a million other people to buy Christmas for. Yeah. Right. So it's, she's like, it's like, if you can and you're comfortable going over and you found like the perfect thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, my that's problem okay, is I always find the perfect thing, and then next <laughs> and thing it's I'm like, credit Spencer. cards get destroyed. Which <laughs> yeah, that's what I do every year because yeah. I'm a well, that's <clears throat> why it's helpful to have a Claire. We talked about this, uh, this uh, earlier, but I'm like Christmas broke at this point. It's like hashtag like, me too. Basically, had plenty of money for Christmas and had like set aside all of the important shit, <clears throat> and now it's like boom, 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 bill, bill, bill. Yeah. So, yep. but that that all changes. <laughs> <laughs> That changes on Friday. Yeah. Sweet, <coughs> sweet payday. Somebody mm. gets paid. Next week. <laughs> Claire and I are excited for this Friday because she, well, two reasons. A, it's the day before we get our puppy. Yeah. And that's going to be great. So since she works at Apple, I found out Apple is very generous with holiday pay. Oh, really? So <laughs> she got holiday pay on Christmas Eve. So like mm-hmm. the whole week of Christmas, except for the weekends, was all holiday pay. That's oh, crazy. Wow. And the weekdays of New Year's were also... So, of course, she worked every fucking hour they were going to give her. Num, 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 num. So, of course, after (laughs) Uncle Sam gives the good old-fashioned dick into the paycheck, (laughs) we're expecting... Like he does. A, like, double what I make in one paycheck on hers. I don't like the idea of Uncle Sam tenderly... Destroying my that paycheck. That doesn't seem tender. Look, we all know it's, yeah, we all know we it's all not know tender. It's, not tender. It's, it's violent, it's cruff, it's rough, and yep. you only it's get a cruff. Couple, it's cruff. <laughs> it's because it's crusty at the end of it. It's rough. Ew. And crusty. Ew. That would be the Do not like that's the, the metaphor fell apart. That would be no, the, the metaphor got stronger and you didn't like where it was going. <laughs> it's just the blood and spit that Sam leaves you with. Yeah. I mean, no. have you seen dry blood? Because Uncle Sam just gives you blood and spit. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> See, this is what I was trying I to take avoid. It back. I'm out too. We're both out. <laughs> Pull the cord, like how my mom should have done to me. No. no. <laughs> oh wait. Okay. Wrong okay. Podcast. Stop. Stop. <laughs> this is a nice podcast. Yes. Be not nice. really. Not um, really. You're all very beautiful. Uh-huh. Oh, that and was this nice. Is where we should start whispering because Davey hates whispering ASMR. I kind of don't care for whispering, but not in the way that. Okay, so the ASMR stuff just makes me uncomfortable because it's not <laughs> just that it's whispering; it's all the smacky noises. Yeah. So yeah, it's that stuff. Oh God, someone just turned this off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm in the same boat. Like, <clears throat> the sound of smacking and chewing Ugh. just viscerally ruins my soul. Misophonia. <sighs> It, That's uh, the word for uh, like the hatred of those sounds like chewing eating like, sounds. Every time I listen to the dudes cast and you guys have food, dude, it's terrible. I we, have to like, I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to listen to the end of this. I need to hear the end of this. We, we did so an episode times. of season two where we, where Aubrey brought a bowl of whiskey balls. Oh yeah, I remember and it we're just vividly. Eating meatballs an inch from the microphone. Unfortunately, <laughs> I remember that day vividly oh, because so I was so mad at the podcast because. <laughs> 
like my inner like these are your friends finish yeah. their podcast and be supportive but also no cut they're eating meatballs you into a microphone the thing is i don't blame anyone for being like nope i won't listen for like the next five now i, ho- <laughs> I hope they've stopped by the time i come back well, I don't I don't like whispering but for a totally different reason which is I I don't if it's someone whispering to me it's fine. I don't like people whispering around me because I'm a very paranoid person <laughs> and I assume that it's about me. Are you talking about me? What are you whispering about? It makes about? me very me? anxious, but you can't Tell respond me. that way and be like no, you can't they're talking that. about me cuz then you're a crazy person. <laughs> right. Hashtag anxiety. Which I am. So God. I dislike whispering for that reason. I mean. But I, if it's like ASMR, obviously I don't think that person's whispering about me. No. I mean, so my okay. personal <laughs> life achievement as of now was when I put on that, when we were playing DD and I put on that whispering, yeah. like the Will-O-Wisp whispering. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All Everyone out. noped out. Well, first of all, it was a dude whispering, which oh, made yeah. it uncomfortable. And it just, it was loud enough that it felt like he was right over my shoulder. You know how kids whisper? And the way they whisper is they just talk at normal volume with their hands around your ear like this. It's, I work with people who do that. So it's just, you feel it in your ear, like the air and the Oh, vibration. I have a real problem with someone like trying to talk directly into my ear because it always oh. ends up hurting my ear. Yeah. Like yeah. piercing pain in my ear because they talk too loud Maybe when it's they do you're it. Pregnant? Yeah, you might be pregnant. Probably. Uh, there's no even. <laughs> there's not even a comment for that. There is no possible reality yeah. in which. I mean, I usually save happening. my irrational pregnancies for Aubrey, but I guess you're it's have true. To be. You transferred it to me. Aren't I lucky? Which that is always. I don't care for. Ever, that's going to be my joke with Aubrey. This is the the important stuff to get out of the way after we've been gone for like three or four weeks. Yeah. This is the important stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is there to cover? There were lots of holidays. I I hope. I have a very important message. All right. I didn't discuss this with you ahead of time, but this is a very important thing I have to say on the podcast. It's a really big deal. Okay. Dave is pregnant. Listen. (laughs) The meatball sub at Giannino's is really good. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm not. Listen, don't. I'm being very serious. This is the most important thing I've ever. I was told going our to talk to our listeners and make sure they had a good holiday. That it, fuck that. It's about the sub. <laughs> hey, you hear that, listeners? <laughs> fuck you. It's so good. If you get it with extra sauce, they they give you like three meatballs and tons of sauce, and they melt the cheese on top of it where it's like brown and bubbly, mm-hmm. and it's just this absolute unit of a sandwich. <laughs> Listener, dear listeners. By now, it's evident to all of us that Dave is cheating on me with the meatball sub. (laughs) I can't say what I will do in this situation. It's completely unprecedented. Uh, Yeah. Now, unpopular opinion, I actually do not like meatball subs. You monster. Well, here's my reasoning. Because they're hard to eat? Not quite. I mean, yes, I'm very picky about my food being messy, but I get over it anyways because I'm a fucking animal. But (laughs) the reason I don't like it. And here's why uh-huh. is because I fucking love meat. Yeah. And the three meatballs just disappoints me every time. Here's the thing. These are three good sized meatballs. They take up like a whole sandwich this big. Oh, yeah. You I can get, get extra meatballs. I get it. though. You can get up to five. Here's meatballs. a problem, though. Here's my problem. The meat to everything else ratio just my my stupid animal brain. Yeah. Like, is like, why is there not more meat? Exactly. Like I need meat distributed, and then when I start eating the meatball, mm-hmm. the meatballs are coming out, and they're not. It's not split up. Properly. I will say it's a kind of a mess trying to keep the meatballs in that bad boy. The, the bottom <laughs> of it doesn't fall apart though, which is really Good. important for a meatball sandwich. This thing, 
you can really manhandle that sandwich and it stays together. If people can see the gestures, know, yeah, there's lots so of much ringing and I don't know if I aroused or worried. Kind of. Anyway, uh, I highly recommend you get again that sandwich. <laughs> cheating on me with a meatball. Um, it's like <laughs> it's like I woke up and I'm like. I got a short life to live. I'm going to enjoy every sandwich. I think that's what got you and I both in a lot of trouble with our yeah. blood pressure because of that philosophy. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Um. I'm going to have to try that sometime. It's been a minute since I had like... It's been. Yeah, it's, it's been. been. This is um, it's been a while since I had a meatball sub that... I was like really glad I ate afterwards and not slightly disappointed. It was. It's I love the so idea good. of meatball subs, but very rarely do I love the execution. I'm gonna get yes. you one. I'm gonna get you one. <laughs> okay. I'm like Friday. Calm down. I'm gonna. You're gonna come home to a meatball sandwich. <laughs> Well, that's don't you tease me, David Drugowski. Is this like a euphemism for something? <laughs> it like, might be. <laughs> do I have to cover Bo's it, ears? It isn't, it isn't yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've heard worse. You've said worse yeah. on this podcast already. I'm telling you, you go into Meatball Town. <laughs> Pack your bag. Freezing. All right. <laughs> anyway, what anyway, did you want to say? Uh, it seems so trivial now. Um, I was gonna, I was just gonna catch up with our listeners. We had a good holiday. Now that this our, meatball thing is yeah, happened, it's, it, it doesn't. Nothing. It's like matters. nothing even matters anymore. <laughs> the true meaning of the holiday season has been replaced with this meatball sub. Been red sloppy balls, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the true. Meaning. We had an actual like. Somewhat chill, relaxing holiday, yeah. and that very rarely happens. I, it's a weird noise. Was that? that was that you? Bandus. Oh, oh, Bo. He's just being a dick. It no, sounded. You... It did not sound you know what like. It sounded him. like is like a spring. Yeah. <laughs> Something about the acoustics. giving. The <laughs> acoustics of this room made yeah. Bo sound mechanical. Um. But yeah, basically just we had a good holiday. Yeah. It we was nice. we had lots we got lots of uh things that we are yet to use. So yeah. I would very soon like to use the pasta roller that you got me for I the kitchen yes. meat and the meat <laughs> grinder and sausage you're, maker. You're gonna tell me twice to make sausage. I'm all about this. What he's Bye-bye. meaning is a euphemism for penis, but also food. I know that I'm like saying a lot of very uh, uh, sensual stuff about food right now. Matt just brings it out in you, I think. Uh, <laughs> have that effect on people. But yeah, no, I want to do that too. That was a, that's a really exciting thing. We can make our own sausage and our own pasta. Yeah. We can uh, therefore make our own. Um, like we can make like. Uh, uh, the first thought I had ravioli. was. Yeah, that would be nice. But my first thought I had was like the <coughs> ultimate homemade meal of homemade pasta mm-hmm. with spicy Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. Like that would be great. Yeah. And completely from scratch is like an achievement. Okay, stop it. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have to work so hard to rein you guys in today. Yep. Oh, okay. I don't really have that much else. The last few weeks were a blur. Yeah, it was a lot um, of stuff. I kept postponing on Matt because I was sick and then the holidays yeah, and all right. that stuff. So we I'm glad we finally like, got you on. Yeah, we meant to do this weeks ago. Like it's nice over a month ago. Uh, life is crazy. Yeah. I had like, so <laughs> I, it was a guilty enjoyment when you canceled it because I was like, fuck. But I was also like, I can stay home and not 
do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to have those days where you actually don't have something to do. They're not that often. Which, luckily for me, Friday is my last chiropractic appointment. Oh. So I'm super excited for that. Nice. Because twice a week for the last, since October something. Yeah. When you, so you, that was when you were in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So Just for people who don't know you. Yeah. yeah right. Those that don't know, October 9th, mm-hmm. I got in a car accident because this old lady doesn't know how to drive and right. rammed into my car going 65 miles per hour on a freeway. Because mm-hmm. another dumb lady decided to <laughs> stop in the middle of like yeah. the highway because she wanted to merge to the right, but she couldn't merge over. Mm-hmm. So oh. she just stopped. No turn signal, right. no hazards. So by the time I figured out, I was like, oh shit, she's not moving. I'm slowing down as much as I can. And I'm like, but the person behind you is yeah. mm-hmm. now reacting to you. Who is probably on their phone because it's the year we live in. And <laughs> so I rationalized. I got to go around her. I was going to go over the medium a little bit, but it was enough and manageable in my, at the time, my Ford Fusion, yeah. to swing around her, get past a little piss, but done. Yeah. So a, I'm slowing a, down. A little piss. A little a piss. Little piss. <laughs> a little piss. Have a little piss. And so I'm, I was swinging, and I was about to make it, and then the Chevy Impala slams into me going 65 miles per hour. Mm. Launches oh, no, me the into- The all-new Chevy um, Impala. Fucking, it was an old one, too. The all-new Chevy Impala with a five-star crash star okay. rating. Dave. Lady- Launched me into the median and then messed up my neck and back. Yeah, where luckily, <laughs> no, my, don't do no, it. My pussy. I was gonna say anytime <laughs> anyone says my neck and back, I'm like the oh, entire God. beginning of our relationship was me having to learn not to say the words my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it because when I first got when I figured out what happened to me. And, like, I didn't go to any actual doctor because I just got medical insurance. And I live in America. So that means mm-hmm. if I go to a doctor without insurance, I'm bankrupt. Yeah. They uh, when my IUD ejected, I had to go to the emergency room and they did absolutely nothing for me. Um, well, ejected is a really funny verb for that. Yeah. So it makes it sound like it just. Uh, it didn't do that. <laughs> but it did remove itself from my uterus. Yeah. And uh, it was very painful. That happens. <laughs> Don't we all? And, uh,. It it was a horrible experience, and I'm still paying for it because I did not have insurance yet because I had just started my job. Like, yeah. I was two months into my job, and I didn't get insurance till three months. So I was like, well, I can't. I was in real pain. I mm-hmm. had to do something, and I honestly yeah. made the wrong choice, but I think it was the only choice I could have made at the moment. I should have gone to my doctor, but they might not have taken me seriously without me being like, no, for real. I have proof that it's out of place. You were in the right place. They could take a picture of you and, <laughs> yeah, and, and then, demonstrate and then that it was wrong. Misdiagnose it. Well, right. But then someone else <laughs> would see that picture. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I'm still paying for that. Yeah. I've paid uh, some of it off, but I'm still paying for it. Mm-hmm. I have like $3,000 left to go for them to uh, give me some IV fluids, do some blood work. Um, do like a CAT scan and tell me that it's not fine, but it's fine and that they can't do anything about it and Dumb send dubs. me on my way. Yeah. That's why I didn't go to the doctor after my accident because I was like, cause when I turned 26, like I immediately got cut off my dad's insurance. Right. Yeah. And Best Buy's open <laughs> enrollment is in October. Mm. Oh, okay. So you got a gap. Yeah. So I had to go that, I'm sorry, it's in like November. So like I was so close to having insurance. Mm-hmm. Got hit October 19th. It goes live November something. Gotcha. And so, of course, like, do you want to go to the hospital? I was like, no. (laughs) No, I I don't. I'm like, I financially cannot afford this ambulance ride. Yeah. Or to go to a hospital. So, luckily, 
these people that try and scalp your car accidents like, we'll help you. Right. I totally just use them to my advantage. I got like eight letters from those people when I got in an accident. Every one of them wanted a piece of my, <laughs> like, just so, like, like we'll, 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 we'll fight the fight. You don't even know you want to fight yet. <laughs> I got those in spades. Mm-hmm. And then here's where I got great. Mm-hmm. I got one from the phone call, like the crashes. Da, 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 da. We'll get you in contact with. Cool. So. I already have a lawyer I already know because mm-hmm. of a previous situation I can't go too in depth on over yeah. the air. Right. But so he was in my back pocket. So I went, I listened to them for a bit and they found me a chiropractor for free. And they were going to find me a lawyer for free. I got them to find me the chiropractor. Yeah, and right. Yeah. They did all the work to get it. So the person who's hit me insurance is covering it. Mm-hmm. And then I never talked to them again. I just <laughs> blocked them. Thanks for the chiropractor. Yeah. They set up everything. I didn't have to do shit. They right. found me a chiropractor nearby. And so State Farm, who the insurance that is insurance that hit me, mm-hmm. is pays up to fifty visits. Uh-huh. They're discharging me on the forty eighth because they feel that's I've healed enough where I don't need to go to full fifty. Gotcha. <laughs> Which I was like, that's fine with. I'm yeah. cool with that because I've been feeling better for a while. Yeah. But I've been going twice a week since October 9th. Just to get them bones cracked. Bones cracked and massage therapy. Uh-huh. So that's at least an hour and a half of my day, mm-hmm. twice a week. For 48 visits. That's a lot. That's a, yeah. It's like a Twice nuisance. a week is a lot. It was, a, and especially when my car was destroyed, Claire and I had one car. Yeah. Right? So I had to take her car to go to the chiropractor and go to work. Yeah. So it sucked. And I cannot Luckily, wait. she works from home, but still, if there's anything, you got to go out and go do groceries or errands or bank or whatever. Luckily, my fiance is a goddess yeah and she just gave yeah, me her rolls. fucking car to yeah, use yeah claire claire is awesome and she's still invited on the podcast too oh yeah i, I told her about she knows that. that after her face left being the color of a tomato because if any of you have ever met my fiance she is amazing but she is not a social butterfly at all yeah, she's just a little bit shy yeah so just a little is understatement but well um, here's the thing uh i find in that situation you being on the podcast the both of you together <laughs> Is good yeah, because yeah. we we have like our friends Laura and TJ. Mm-hmm. I think now either of them alone they could do it because they've been on it a couple times. Yeah. But I think if it was like the first time either one of them, if we were like you, just you, they might have been like yeah. I'm way doing- more uncomfortable with it. <laughs> and Claire in any social gathering just <laughs> it's like a, you need a crowbar to pry her open <laughs> so i know when she went to this recent our recent new year's party she had a lot more fun she had a lot of fun in the last one yeah but she was still well she just that was like the first time she met most of us really and there was so. a lot of us yeah oh my god yeah last there were year like more freaking, people last year or it felt like there were more out, people last year we can't figure it out but it seems like double the people were here last year but we can't figure but we who don't know who here. they were <laughs> <laughs> i went and i was like who the fuck <laughs> and I right. thought I was like, oh my god, Claire's gonna die. I think some of them were my family, which still came, but I think yeah. it was really what it was this year, but I think it was more spaced out. Yeah. We have and we started room. a little earlier this year because mm-hmm. I had to work the next day. Mm-hmm. And Claire had a blast. Like yeah. she still I'm glad. stayed on the couch in her nice happy place in the back, A because it was comfy. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. loves comfy. Yeah. And she found a blanket, which was even a twice the wind. And then with that light up there, with the dim light, I think it's kind of a nice place to just kind of chill. I think I like the lighting is a big part of it. She loved every second of it. She didn't want to leave, but she also loved seeing her family. So she was in that like weird like, yeah. I don't want to Yeah, that's go. right. She had to cut out to go hang out with fam. Because luckily I know her family will never listen to this podcast. They're super judgy. <laughs> mm. Really? Oh, nah. like I'm very particular with the people with the kind of company I keep. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I like her family. They're really fun, but they have a tendency to just go right to the judging. Yeah. yeah. They're like hyper liberal. Okay. Which okay. all of us are pretty liberal. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like the aggressive liberal. What are they like? Wow. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you brought an unrecyclable plastic bottle into my house. Close. You bitch. Close. So like It's they, like such a change from what a lot of people's families yeah, are. Right. That's it's actually kind of funny because most it's people will refreshing. be like gosh, you know, I love I love my family, but they're just so conservative. You know, it's like you almost yeah. never hear like, that. Their one. thing is like I love them all. They're all really nice. They're all really sweet. Like personality wise, they're fantastic people. Yeah. But sometimes like <laughs> I grew up in a very non family cohesive experience. Yeah. So for me it is incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. It it's hard. So my mom's side of the family is pretty close, but my dad's side is not as good at, like, keeping up with each other. Mm -hmm. So when you're used to that kind of environment and then, like, your partner's family is, like, super close and super in contact all the time, it's a really big adjustment. Mm -hmm. It's a big adjustment. And it's, like, it's nice because, like, I don't have that with my dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. So. Seeing have someone have that is really cool, yeah. but it's it is a change. Yeah, and like Claire cares so much what her family thinks because like every Saturday or every other Saturday she goes to her sisters, and oh, they okay. all go. They all get pizza. They hang out. It's really, really like once really a week. Cool. They aim for once a week. Like they try and do it a lot. It's really cool and really That's nice. It is really nice. Yeah. For me, though, when my mom's idea of raising me was, I ain't your mammy, figure it out. Yeah, right. Going into. <laughs> it's not so good when your mammy says, yeah. I ain't your mammy. Well, she actually used to say, I ain't your mima, oh, which yeah. I've learned is a very racist saying. Is it? Oh. So a mima in olden what? times. Okay, I am was... about to get educated. <laughs> so for those that don't know me, I know un- un- too many stupid random facts. <laughs> So your Mima was yeah. your African-American slave woman that raised the kids. I while thought that mommy, was Mammy. It's kind of synonymous. Okay. But Mima is what they called them. Because oh. it's, it's me mom. It's like it's my mom. Ah. Mima. Mima. So the Mima was like the African-American slave woman that would raise the kids while Ma and dad were busy fucking out more kids and <laughs> doing whatever else they're doing. <laughs> and I don't know, building cabins or whatever you do. And so for a quick context, my mom deer. did grow up for a small time in a foster home with an all-black family. Uh, so that is a more <laughs> acceptable term in a African-American family. Okay. Yeah. Not a middle class white America family. Yeah. And so your mom keeps as an excuse the context, not to cook dinner. The, the context changes. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Where when I was like, Mom, I'm hungry, at that time I knew how to cook, even though yeah. I was like eight or nine. Shit. Now that you say all that, I could it totally recontextualizes how that would say, what that means coming <laughs> out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, she go, I ain't your me ma. In other words, I'm not your slave woman to make dinner for you. Exactly, but I'm like, I'm fucking 10. Wow. <laughs> exactly, wow. Like, me. Yes. I, don't, I don't even understand what slavery was. <laughs> like, I, no I just want mac and cheese. I didn't know what that <laughs> meant until I was like, I in my like, late, late teens, and I was like, oh, you That's a huge, oh, wow, yeah, oof. that changes everything. So I went Big from that oof. family dynamic to Claire's family dynamic, where it's like, they're always in touch. They're Claire's bridesmaids are her sisters. Yeah. like They want to make you mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they want me to eat. Pizza, because these people live off pizza on the weekends. <laughs> and hey. I hate to tell it to you, the pizza's not that good. Which pizza? Oh, what, pizza? what kind of pizza are we talking about? Let's oh, spill some tea about pizza. Oh, man, cups up. I think one of them's, uh, I don't even remember what it's called. I think one of them was like Wedgwood. Not Wedgwood. No, Wedgwood's amazing. No, Wedgwood is good. I Don't got, you? I just got fire in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> it's like so this, yeah, you changed what you said because Dave's like, eyes flashed. Right when I said, 
Oh no, Matt Stein. <laughs> Once I said Wedgwood, I was like, no, I like Wedgwood. Yeah. It's like this, they do like the really deep pizza, the sauce is too strong, and I'm like, it's just too much. Like a deep dish? It's like the deep dishes. Like very like, thick Like crust. the very thick crust mm. with heavy sauce and like the really, like the thick cheese that doesn't quite pull apart easily. Oh, hold and on he, a minute. Is it, uh, is it Sunrise? I don't know. It's like somewhere. They it's do, like they on the, the deep dish. Yeah, but that's like Chicago style deep dish. Right. That's, oh, no, that's that's a whole that different like thing. Not a big fan of it. I'll eat it because I'm a trash can. <laughs> and like the pizza is, I'll get, I'll get credit. It's same. It's not bad pizza. Right. It's just not my style pizza. I got you. I I um We're would find it choice. hard to believe that it would be. Yeah, Youngstown is a big pizza area for anyone not. In this Which area, Pizza Hut is actually one of my favorite pizzas. Mine too, actually. They've fallen off my map. Although Domino's has has risen as far as chain pizzas go. I actually, so when I was a kid, my dad worked for Domino's, so I actually really like Domino's original style pizzas. Yeah, well, they, I they've, didn't. They've changed. As them a kid, a my now, whole right? family like, hated I'm not, Domino's. I don't like the new ones. Yeah. As a kid, we hated Domino's because we thought it tasted like cardboard, and it's gotten better. But I, I understand if it's like a comfort thing, like you you knew it and you liked it as it was. It's and a perfect so. example of that. I still love a can of Spaghettios, which is objectively not good. Yeah, I now know that it's not good. But if I got a bowl of Spaghettios in front of it's me, comfort I'm like, thing. everything's great. I have one of those too. It's yeah. the most bachelor fucking meal you could ever make. <laughs> okay, what's this? But. I get in trouble for this one because it's so unhealthy. <laughs> okay. And no, my okay. wonderful fiance cares about my health way more than I should I do, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Is it's like those elbow noodles, like the swirly ones. Yeah. Like oh, egg yolk noodles. About. Oh, oh egg yeah, noodles. Egg noodles. Yeah, 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 like yeah. The egg noodles. You do that, you do about three or four cans of tuna fish and Ugh. a whole Wait, me. no, I think I know where and you're a going. A whole with thing it. of cream of mushroom. And you mix it together. Oh it's like God. a tuna casserole. Yeah. It, it is, but in like a noodle format, and it's yeah. so good. Like I yeah. will eat. That like, sounds fine to me. I will fucking eat until I'm sick with it. I'll cover it in salt <laughs> and pepper. Like I'll drown yeah. it in it. Yeah, and I can eat out of the whole fucking pot and just be happy. That salt thing is a, just like layer it up. And man. now we're understanding the blood pressure <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, yes. I do I, a lot of hot sauce and a lot of salt. Which so is, I had a, a weird tuna experience like a year ago. <laughs> the Christy Davenport story. <laughs> I had a weird tuna experience. Um, I, Davenport story. I like tuna fish, but a tuna fish. I tried tuna to make fish. this recipe and it had tuna in it. And I think it was too much tuna. Too much tuna. And whenever I tried to eat it, it would just make me instantly nauseous. <laughs> like the smell of it and the taste of it, it was just too much. And so ever since then, I'm too like, the thought of tuna, too much tuna. There was too much tuna fish. Too much tuna fish. You mean to tell me there was uh, too much tuna? It was a comeuppance of tuna. It's a lot oh, of tuna. No. It's a lot of big glob of tuna fish. <laughs> I know. And Claire- Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> Well, you look like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> such way me. too much tuna. Oh my god, you must feel like such a fool. So not only is that dish unhealthy, yes. Claire hates fish. Okay. Mm. So when I bring that stuff, I don't make oh it. Oh my often. god, it must fill the house with the miasma. Oh that you yeah, tuna smell could kill. <laughs> yes. When I make that dish, yeah. I'm a dead man ten times over. I understand because it's unhealthy and it's fish and it so permeates. It fills every. Not space. only did I bring fish into her house. Yeah, the I'm also worst being unhealthy. Kind. Yeah. And you're being unhealthy. Oh yeah, no so part of this is good for her. My, <laughs> oh, my daggers. My, my ex had this friend, uh, Andrew. <coughs> I think they're still friends, but 
He made this thing called man meal. Dave, I just recently explained to you what yeah, man meal is. I don't like the concept now, of man it meal. It grossed me out. It did not seem that good. But man meal is like three ingredients. It's basically like macaroni noodles, uh, canned tomato, like crushed canned and then tomato. Ground beef and you cook it all together? No. Oh, okay. Slightly different, almost. Spam. And you cook it all together. Not just slightly different. That's the other side of the universe. Spam. Spam. I'm sorry, Which I'm not a spam fan. I love spam, and this is horrible to do to spam. I'm a hit or miss on spam, so like, yeah. I Are need... Are we just hungry? Like, what the hell is going on I here? don't know. <laughs> this is... We gotta rein it back in. I think we are all hungry, because like, Dave and I have been like... I know. Talking about food all day. See, I started... I think this is my mistake. I started with a meatball sub, and then we just... <sighs> Didn't get away. Made lateral moves to other food topics. <laughs> I okay. apologize. Let's let's wrap this up. And I think the best way to wrap up this little intro section is to play a game. I think that'd be great, but Matt, I can't think you, of any. Do you have an idea of a game you like to play? I mean, um, really anything. I was thinking, I've heard a couple really good games that are great for podcasts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of them is Finger or Toe. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how do you play that? Well, if you've ever watched Scrubs. <laughs> no, I know what that is. <laughs> it's actually a fucking terrible game. And if I ever play it, I'm going to punch someone in the face. Yeah. I'm going to blindfold them and yeah. they have to smell your finger or smell your toe and figure out which one's which. You, you know, but like this it. sounds like it would be great for a podcast. But I have Just a consolation sniffing game. things. Yeah. It's. Yeah. What's the second so, option? I've heard from one podcast. It was mm-hmm. a very good one. It was kind of. <laughs> it's like this weird duo couple that always do it. Yeah. They do it, it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. They it's fucking, just, they it's fucking? just like straight up. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful sound. <laughs> I've heard it's like trues and foods or foods and troughs. Boots and dudes. <laughs> no, that's the other podcast. Boots and pants. Boots and pants. You might have heard of it. I don't know. I can't think of it. It's like trues and something. I think I've heard of this. I think it's called trues and news. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds correct. All right. How about we play some trues and news? All right. You mean to tell me. You mean to tell me. You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for truth and truth. Time to play truth and truth. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. Famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for truth and truth. A Merv Griffin production. All right. All right. I'm ready. You guys ready? Yeah. So the way we're going to handle this is Dave <coughs> has prepared a little truths and news quiz mm-hmm. for us. Yes. Uh-huh. And you and I will each separately come up with our answer. It could be the same. It could be different. But first, before you play truths and news, let yeah, me tell you tell how truths and news is played. Truths and news is a game of classic <coughs> games, news game, a classic game that has taken the internet by storm, in which I present you three stories. Two of these stories are false stories. One of these stories is a true story. You have to determine which of these stories is the true story, the truths, or the false stories, the news. Oh my god, that was perfect. Oh, sick! Perfect. Even with me and Matt trying to fuck you up by giving you the speed up the finger. Hurry, the hurry up gesture. Yeah. Oh, man. We gave Dave the hurry a up gesture or. air fingering and he still yeah, did. Yeah. The hurry up gesture or the speed up finger or yeah. air fingering, as Matt calls it. I, I'm going to have to listen back to that one. That, that was good. I think that's the best I one ever. I think that was the best one ever. Yeah. I've come to a conclusion. Dave performs really well under pressure if multiple people are watching. <laughs> uh, disagree. Uh, but let's okay, move let's on here. Okay, let's start. 
All right, here we go. Story number one. Miller Coors is rewarding bar patrons uh, in select locations by giving them limited edition black cans of Miller to those who can set their phone down for 30 whole minutes. I'm sorry, Dave. It's African-American cans of Miller. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, it isn't. Uh, Number two, the president and founder of Philadelphia's Friends of Salmon Foundation, which rehabilitates injured salmon has dissolved the foundation, saying, in retrospect, this was a stupid idea. All right. Number three. Remnants of a Scottish settlement were discovered recently, which reveal a unique arrangement. The entire town dressed like birds all the time. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's repeat those. All right, number one. uh, the, The first story. Miller Coors is rewarding bar patrons in select locations by giving them a limited edition black Miller can to those who can set their phone down for a whole 30 minutes. All right. I am not coming up with good wrap-up. That's fun. Oh, it's really annoying to me. Yeah. The second one. The president and founder of Philadelphia's Friends of Salmon Foundation, which rehabilitates injured salmon, has dissolved the foundation, saying, in retrospect, this was a stupid idea. Number three. Remnants of a Scottish settlement were discovered recently, which reveal a unique arrangement. The whole town dressed like birds all the time. Wow. Uno, dos, tres. So I have, here's my little breakdown. I got black cans will pay for peace. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Salmon pals be dumb. (laughs) <laughs> and Birdtown what? Scottish shit. <laughs> okay. So actually bad. ours are really similar. Uh my first one was black cans for a sans phone. Ah. Cans uh, for sans. Second one is salmon is dumb. <laughs> 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 and third one is Birdtown for Scots. Yeah. So really close. <laughs> bird, bird up for what? Bird town for Scots. Bird town for Scots. <laughs> like turn no. down for what? No. Yeah. no Bird town for Scott. Bird town for Scots. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, right. <laughs> you guys are free to guess which of these is the true story, the okay. truth, and the false story, the f- news. I can't wait to listen back to that. That's. I'm seriously like I'm riding. Yeah, high that was. Yeah, that was great. really good. <laughs> I'm man. Hmm. Tap, 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 I think I'm gonna have to go with. Just because America hates everybody with (laughs) black cans will pay for peace. Okay. Just because in my rationale, Uh every time I think anybody that owns a brewery is obviously a boomer of some kind or just really old. Well, except for the new microbrews. You got some some youngins. Well, let's go with a brewery that's that old. Oh, like Miller Coors? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone under 50 is allowed to work for them. Which I can see them just hating... The People looking age. at their phones. Mm-hmm. So I can see them pulling some kind of stunt to be like, oh, teach those kids. They yeah, don't that, need it. That's something that annoys me. Like, yes, it's good to interact with people. And we're a group of people that actually do interact with people one-on-one a lot. Yeah. But also, let's not demonize phones as much as we do and mm. be dicks about it. Like, you ever look at those old photos of New York where you see, like, guys lined up reading the fucking newspaper? Right. (laughs) We were always trying to avoid human interaction. People ignore each other in lots of interesting ways. Yes. I will will say it's gotten more pervasive, but it's always been there. 
because the older die. <laughs> um, I I think I'm going to go with Birdtown for Scots. <laughs> Birdtown for Scots. Any rationale behind that, or? Um, I just I don't. For some reason, number two isn't hitting me as mm. being true, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Number one, I would like to not be true. So <laughs> number three <laughs> is right. wishful thinking. Wishful I would like. I would like. And if there is, I swear this to you: if there is a town in Scotland where people dress up as birds, <laughs> I am going to go to there one day. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the uh, the true story. True story was the limited edition black can for those who can win. <sighs> it's a true thing. Now. I, it, it's basically the way they do this is kind of stupid, too, because they actually they take your you when you, you show up at this say. bar, you go into a booth and you get to scan a QR code on your phone. And that opens up like a literal timer <laughs> where you your phone goes off when it's OK to grab your phone again. So it's like actually in force. Like, it's not even like just like a fun little huh, it's a dumb stunt. The fun thing. There's a compliance system. <coughs> For you to get your can. I could easily do that, but I don't fucking care about a can. <laughs> I don't think anyone will. Who like, cares I mean, if you're drinking Miller out of a black can? So here's my thing. I know for a fact I could do that if I really wanted to. Yeah. But. I don't really necessarily want to have to not have my phone at a bar. My uneducated, right. my unmedicated ADHD brain just probably won't let me do it. Yeah. Because. We just constantly. Also, you're uneducated. <laughs> I mean, I did never finish high school. <laughs> but my uneducated. <laughs> That's funny. Because, like, again, with my fiance being amazingly patient. Yeah. Like, I need constant stimuli. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I Same. fidget. Like, this whole podcast, I'm having a blast, but I have not stopped spinning this fucking pen in my hand. <laughs> I didn't even notice, and now I'm going to start paying attention because, to Because, like, I know for a fact, I, I'm what's called a mixed type. I have ADHD and yeah. ADD. So, like, we have to have a fidget around here somewhere. One of those fidget cubes? I know we have a cube or a yeah. spinner somewhere. I used to have one, so I wore it down. Uh, yeah. Wait, you wore down a fidget spinner <laughs> or a cube? Yes. <laughs> you so, used it enough to damage it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Because my problem is, like, even if it's in my pocket, I'm doing something. Because for yeah. some reason, like, I know for a fact I need something to bring me in. Yeah. But I've never done it. They brought it up to my parents once, and my parents shot it down, of course. Yeah. Because it was, it was that time of year where, time in the years where it was like ADHD and ADD was just undisciplined children. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, before they, like, uh, t- started taking this kind of stuff seriously. It was also probably around the time when people were being like, Oh, it's being diagnosed way more than it used to be. It's an epidemic. And it's like, well, no, it's just we know more than yeah. we used to. So, like, now, uh-huh. like, if you put me in a room and tell me to do nothing, I can do it. I have enough self-control where I can. Yeah. But I'm screaming internally. And I swear, yeah. like, my arms start to, like, tingle or burn. You got to, like, weigh. Basically, what you have to do with things like this is you weigh, like, how disruptive it is to your life versus what you're getting out of, like, what this this part of your personality brings to you. Like, I think probably a huge part of the reason you're such a good DM is because of your obsessive need to, like, build and think and create and plan and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You could lose some of that if you try to treat the other thing. Because my brain is always running. So I have one really bad habit that I always have to cut myself off from doing is... <laughs> so when I went to Arizona today, I went in for psychology. Yeah. Never finished because just... I'm a poor bitch. Okay. And I just hate schools. Yeah. So. And also, like, I love psychology. I almost minored in it, and it's fascinating. It's a slog. 
It's a slog, and you have to go to grad school. You mm-hmm. almost have to go to grad school to really get a job doing a thing you want to do in psychology, and that fucking sucks. And because of that, what I'll do is when I'm not talking, I'm running conversations that could possibly happen oh, with no, everybody. I, and I do that, build too. It, and I go in my brain, I go, what is the correct answer to facilitate what I want them to feel? Yeah, right. Because like sometimes I just don't know what I want to say, Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll just like... Run the conversation like six, seven, eight, nine times. Yeah. And then like Claire and I have this thing. It started when we first started dating is I'd ask her, what you thinking? Which blew her mind because no one ever asked her that. And now <laughs> and every time it's quiet, we always ask each other. And yeah. I have to go. I'm either thinking nothing because my brain zoned out. And I'm just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Just like in sleep mode. Yeah. Just nothing's happening. Or I'm planning seven different conversations. <laughs> like, yeah. or- it's like <laughs> either the answer is nothing or the answer is way too complicated to actually. <laughs> so I'll say. And I feel bad one time. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm planning for when she says, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, I'm already processing that conversation in my head. Yeah. And I won't answer it because I thought I already answered it. <laughs> when really, I answered it in my fucking head. Wow, yeah. So, like, my brain is constantly running. And then the more stimulation I get, the worse it gets. I know. And it mean. just kind of like winds and winds and winds. <laughs> until, and that's where the ADD turns into the ADHD. Because yeah. the ADD, I just can't focus on one thing I want. So I'm constantly fidgeting. Yeah, but the more stimuli I get, my brain speeds up, and it's like, you have a beautiful and weird brain. It can weird. be fun, <laughs> <laughs> which I will admit has definitely given me an edge in D and D. I think so. Where when you guys throw me curveballs, my brain has already fucking compulsively well, looked at it. <laughs> so, so the problem I see with being a DM is the fact that. You do this beautiful world planning and have everything set up and then your asshole friends destroy it in five minutes. <laughs> and you're really good at planning for contingencies and and doing things on the fly because you know enough that you can do that. Mm-hmm. But also probably does behoove you that you've probably planned through like 10 different ways we could fuck it up. <laughs> and that's just the ride to the fucking section. Uh, I'm going to interject here and say let's take a break because I, yeah. I gotta pee real bad all well, right and, and, and i'm and thirsty uh, or something warm okay yes, let's make a compromise we yes. can get to the topic I after that pee in my cup. Okay. oh <laughs> all right well we'll handle right. that One in the interim too uh we'll be uh, we'll be at me uh, bah, 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 that's all folks all right Jam hammer? What was that? Yeah, the about? jam hammer. Oh, yeah, that was the. This is the hammer for the jam. That's a stupid threat. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have. I think, was that a jam episode? Butter? I think that was that a jam episode. Sounds like a jam thing. The hammer is covered in jam. Well, no, it was because I, I we started making a joke that he was like captive, and then I looked over and there was a hammer on the floor, <laughs> yeah, and well, I thought it was we, really funny. If we need an instrument to. And then later I brought it back. And he's like, well, what's that all over it? And I was like, jam. <laughs> so weird. It was dumb. <laughs> dumb. Jam. I just noticed Dave and I have the exact same tool set. 
Oh, the Ryobi thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I can't wait for Ryobi <laughs> days to come around again. He's a Ryobi man. I'm a Ryobi man. Though. I mean, I get it. You kind of got to get in on one of these things. You got to pick a line. I got their fucking lawnmower. Do you oh, have yeah. the electric lawnmower? So, again, Claire, super eco-friendly. Yeah, right. I so. I watched lots of videos of this. I was just listening to an episode of the Dude Cast where we were talking about this goddamn electric mower. I think Worth that it. was an episode I was on. Might have been. Worth it. Is it good? Does it work? Yes. It cuts well? You see my yard? Yeah. It cuts the... <laughs> so, yeah. my entire yard on a good yeah. weather day, if it's been maintained, takes about two batteries. Really? And That's not bad. Yeah, it's a lot easier than fucking pouring gas in it. Yeah. And then pressing a little like suction button thing on the but side. But it's quieter right? too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've because I've heard the noise it makes and it's kind of like, it's like a kind of electric chug. It's like a it's, doll. And it does a good job. <laughs> the sound it makes is as if it enjoys eating your lawn. And the best <laughs> Just, part is on my lazy days, <laughs> it has like move assist. Oh, that's a little bit of a self-propulsion. It can be full propulsion. Like, there's a little lever on it where I can crank that bitch all the way up, and I'm like a fast stroll. Like, I'm like, okay, this is too fast. That's nice. So, oh, it's a I want one of those. (laughs) I know I don't need one. I just had this mental image of someone just, like, sprint cutting their lawn. I've done it. I've done it. And so one time, I was just fucking done mowing get this done at done. the full speed and i'm like sprint cutting <laughs> and claire's fucking dying just it, watching me it just had to look hilarious it did and claire's like you good and i was like i want to play video games <laughs> like yeah. half the time i bust my ass off at home just so i could play video games yeah like so tuesday oh i fucked up on tuesday it was like tuesday or monday whatever the seventh was yeah what yesterday. is what was yeah, today's today? eighth so it was yesterday so, so yesterday i just decided I'm going to be productive. Yeah. And actually, no, Monday I was super productive, so I could be lazy on Tuesday. Oh, right. Yeah. So I did the entire house. I cleaned everything. I did. I was like, have mm. you tried giving up on life and just being lazy every day? Claire won't let me. Oh, okay. Well, she's super productive and <laughs> a really good adult. Consider and I'm it. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the problem in our relationship is that. Neither of us are. <laughs> Claire's the right. Like, we both have parts and we both have moments, but yeah. we're not, we neither de- of us are consistent. We don't default to, like, hustle mode. No. I bought Claire a planner and she got excited. That's uh, nice. I mean, I like planners, too, so I get that. She uses them till they're done. Like I, I give up done. halfway through. So, you and me both, like, I will buy, I'm like, I get excited, I'm like, I got a planner, yeah. I'm gonna be such a good adult. I'm really bad at looking at the Maybe planner after I used. write things on the planner. <laughs> Well, Claire will get a planner and use it till it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can't do it. When I proposed, the wedding was it's, again that ADD done, thing. Like, two months later, <laughs> you know, I sort of, I feel like I want to get succulents because they're like the lowest effort. Oh, I've killed wait, succulents. Hold on, Claire you're talking about planners, <laughs> not planters, not, not planters. But that's also, why you were confused by the again, done statement. Yeah, that's why I kept being like, "What are you talking about till it's done?" But the plants, I mean. They die. Claire also <laughs> loves succulents. <laughs> like, oh. I bought her a succulent and I named it Suki. It was uh, Suki the succulent. That's nice. <laughs> Again at Ikea, which I need to never take that woman to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ikea's I, dangerous. I like Ikea, but it provokes a certain kind of anxiety in at least one of us anytime we're in it. So, so the last time we went was better. Yeah, it was great. It was really good, actually. But... I every other time I've gone to IKEA prior to that, I have really bad anxiety oh, flare-ups. No. Yeah. Mostly because of the things that 
that trigger my anxiety are like people walking very slow in front of me <laughs> and all of not idea. being able yeah. to get where I want to go and yeah. not knowing where things are. And like, it's know, all of all of the things that Ikea are. I have a deep fear that my living room will collide with someone else's living room. So it's really <laughs> difficult. But, <laughs> or that I'll be transported to a hall of living rooms. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, the last time we went, I, I think knowing that those were my triggers and that it was a problem. And uh, Dave tends to, I don't know, you kind of chill me out a bit. That's nice. You help me with that a bit. I went with my ex and it was awful. And not because of him, but because like he did not have very good ability at like he chilling didn't know me how out. To reel you in. <laughs> right. And I and it it comes out in just like anger. I just get angry. Yeah, it's you almost can't help it. It's just like you want to plunk down, eat a Swedish meatball and wait it out. Yeah. I think so he he like didn't know how to manage my me getting angry. Mm-hmm. It freaked him out. He had hated seeing me angry. Not that anyone would. Um, I mean, I kind of want to see you angry because you're so tiny. <laughs> She's so little. It's a very quiet and seething and scary because you don't know what's That's happening why in you're there. You're my day out planner. <laughs> I can't no. wait to see. Well, the goal is for me not to have to do that. But well, what it usually looks like is like it. dead eyes and then just going like no, no. Like, <laughs> like she's not saying no, but her head is going no. No, Which, and it's real subtle. My and if soul you catch is it, ready for that. Just like Chris, you look at her and go, Mm-mm. tiny little head shakes, Mm-mm. eyes darting back and forth. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. That's why when Claire was like, a day of planner's $1,000, and I went, bullshit, give me five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, hey, yo, Chrissy, what's up? Um, yeah, I'm going to do the shit out of that. Let's move this show along because yes. it's been almost an hour and we are nowhere <laughs> near yeah. the topic. Let's do it. I remember I told Claire, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be a day super late. And she went, yeah, OK. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this one. It's not all the time we know in advance, but this is one you you came on specifically because this is a thing that you already kind of had some familiarity with and already liked and it was new to us. So I suppose I'll let you introduce <coughs> it. However, you. Oh, want. we're back. We've been back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not. I didn't know I missed the cue. You didn't say anything embarrassing. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> just making I, a face I'm like, never embarrassing. The look oh. of terror in Chrissy's face right now. <laughs> just like, I just didn't realize we were back. I, I'm disappointed I didn't get to go. And we're back. Well, go ahead. And we're back. Oh, thanks, Christy. Right, we're, we're back now from being back. back. In. So uh, let's get this podcast going. We did not spend the last 20 minutes <laughs> talking recording. about Ikea. Yeah. Because this right. is totally not on rails tonight. <laughs> no. You know what? It's, sometimes that's nice. Yeah, we're way off rails. It's fine. <clears throat> All right. So how would you prefer to introduce this or describe this? So what we're going to talk about. I got to give a little bit of pretext to every fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I need a little bit of pretext. So we're going to talk about the SCP Foundation. Very excited about this. So I got a cool little notes and stuff like that. So it is a very huge thing to talk about. Yeah. Where the SCP Foundation is like a creative writing where multiple people. It actually started in 2007. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's older than I thought. And now... It gets better. So it's creative writing. Who originally started it is still quite not sure. Oh, really? Because it just started like a wildfire. Okay. Some guy just started it on Reddit and then. Oh, it started in Reddit. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. It was Reddit, then it got its own wiki page, then between its own wiki page and Reddit is like this collaborative, amazing thing that it evolved into so many people that treasured and take care of it. Yeah. It has now created its own momentum. Nice. Okay. So I, I want to say before you fully get into it, this is the kind of topic that like is the reason for this show existing. It's bottomless. It's well, and it's also it's the kind of thing that I love a mystery and I love it being a mystery, but I also love killing the mystery and figuring out what it actually <laughs> is and what it means. Is what SCP Foundation is. It's yeah. mysteries that can be solved but never concluded. Okay. Cause you're gonna and as I talk more into it, it's going to get to it, and I'm willing to bet by time we're done with it, I think both of you are going to be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to read more of this stuff. Just because, like, Oh, I already you, know that I want to, but I've held off because I knew you were doing this episode. <laughs> and so. then towards the end of it, I plan on recommending a bunch of really good YouTubers that have just turned these into pretty much podcasts. Yeah, right. Like, that's what got me into it, is the one day I was just like, I hear about all the time on the internet, because it's, it's everywhere on the internet. It's just become part of the internet. It's legendary. It's, I mean, it I, didn't, really I didn't realize how old it was, and that kind of accounts for it, but... It's legendary on the internet. I hadn't heard of it until you started talking about it, so. It feeds every desire. I don't live on Reddit, though. I really don't either. That's the weird part. But because how big it's become. Yeah. Like, I only use Reddit for the occasional, like, game guides. and. I use it for not the onion. That's a good one. (laughs) And sometimes um, to, to go into the groups where they talk about. Uh, having sociopaths for parents, I <laughs> I can't explain my passions. Uh, we we read all kinds of odd stuff online. Yeah. So, yeah, it's permeated yeah. everywhere. It's, There's games on Steam about it now. So it's funny. The SCP Foundation. The I, I have heard of it. I had heard of it before. I didn't understand it because I regarded it for being what it appears to be. <laughs> So I landed on this and I'm like, oh, this is a strange, like, like what am I going to join to protect the universe or whatever? What the heck is this? And then I just couldn't <coughs> understand it and I dropped it. Well, I, I think in part it has a layer. It has like a protective quality around itself because it has been around so long mm-hmm. and like so much lore built up and rules around it of how you do things. The community is aggressively protective. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been the most non-toxic internet community I've ever seen. Yeah. You don't get a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the toxic people, the SCP Foundation as a group, not just, they have toxic members, but they use those toxic members on toxic people. Yeah. Like they're protective Qualities as a group keep most of the riffraff out. Yeah, where those people that are, are like toxically like when you post an SCP, which we'll go into detail mm-hmm. a little bit more. There's a certain way you have to post it. That is now the canon method. Yeah, and then it's all constructive criticism. But uh, now, if you go away from constructive criticism and go straight to blatant just douchery, yeah, a lot of times your insults because a lot of the format is done on Reddit where they can control it very easily. Yeah. You don't have one admin lording over the entire SCP foundation because that's yeah. not what SCP is founded on. And we'll go over a little bit more about that in a second. So the way they do it on the Reddit format follows how SCP works, which will eventually get to what's called the O5 Council. But we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, let's, let's find ourselves topic. at the beginning of yes, this. Yes, let's so, – Wherever you started, let's start. The reason it's on, we're going to do a quick little primer. The reason it's on Reddit is, we're going to go more detail in a second, is SCP Foundation members are ranked from what's called a D-class personnel. 
uh-huh. all the way up to the top of the tier, which is a class five, which is the O five council. Okay. And so in our in their own sense of keeping it lore ridden, they keep it on Reddit. Right. Because no one knows who the O five council is besides the O five council. Oh. And maybe select class four personnel. Okay. And those are the ones that have been vetted and vetted and vetted. Lore-wise, anyways. The writers that have, you know, have enough experience that they are considered to be the brain trust. And here's the cool thing. The O5 Council does not exist to any writers. It is this. That's why it's on Reddit. Because it's... No one knows who you are. Yeah. So, in a sense, everybody that posts an SCP document is an O5 Council member. But yet they're not. So that's why it all has okay. to be within this very strict regiment because if everyone is posting Reddit. it the same way, then you can't tell who is so what there's ranking. No people lording over it. There's no one like, oh, I just want to be on the O5 so bad. Yeah. It doesn't exist because no one's on the O5, but everybody's on the O5. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Where that's why it's on Reddit. So you have upvoting and downvoting. Yeah. Because if it's not canon or doesn't follow this canon guideline, the community will downvote it into oblivion. Yeah, right. Reddit has a really – Reddit's a great tool for a lot of things like this, things that require like a community agreement or a consensus because by its very nature, it's a meritocracy. Mm. Like yes. people vote things up and down and the good stuff eventually rises to the top, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think Reddit does communities like this because of that reason, like a very strict merit system. Yeah. Um, communities like this where it's part of like a common lore or goal yeah. really well. Like it, in been... comparison, there's groups I'm in on Facebook that tried mm-hmm. obviously not this specific thing, right. but it's like, like the, a group where we all pretend to be boomers. <laughs> it was like fun for five minutes and yeah. then it just, it just devolved, devolved and saw so much bullshit that I'm like, ah, oh, you're you might as well just be boomers. <laughs> exactly. Where well, that it achieved its honestly, goal. Honestly, the funniest parts of that group are when I see someone I know actually know post something, and it's hilarious. <laughs> That's It's usually Chris yeah. Brady. <laughs> oh, my God. Brady cracks me up. Yeah. But back to SCP. So, yeah. with that, yeah, we now, have not after something's been upvoted enough, it is now considered canon, and that SCP number, which you're going, to, which we'll talk about in a bit, is SCP ID numbers. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, become locked to that one canon story. Yeah. So, so we should specify that posts on the subreddit are stories; they're writings by people. Kind of. We'll get into that. Okay. So here we're going to start with the basic introduction. So, so do we know what SCP? Uh, you're probably about to do all that. We're about to get into that. Okay. So I'll stop. SCP stands for Secure, Contain, and yeah, Protect. Yeah, you know me. The SCP Foundation operates on a clandestine and worldwide foundation that operates beyond jurisdictional boundaries, empowered and entrusted by every major national government with the task of containing anomalous objects, entities, and phenomena. Yeah. These anomalies pose a significant threat to global security by threatening either physical or psychological harm. There's a real X-Files vibe to this. It's going to... It's a Warehouse 13 vibe. It is a very Warehouse 13, mm. men in black kind of vibe set. The yeah. SPC Foundation is it's a collaborative creative writing platform. It's centered mm-hmm. around fictional, a fictional foundation. Mm-hmm. Like this men in black, this Warehouse 13, this yeah. organization that works together in a, some foundation. Now, the SCB Foundation is very known for the betterment, uh, the safety of mankind at all costs. Yeah. And you'll, we'll hear a little bit more about that in a second. 
It's a fictional foundation, a scientific and military organization that seeks to protect humanity and the status quo by locating, containing anomalies, objects, life forms, events, locations, concepts, creations, and phenomena that in one way or another violate the natural law. That list is great because they there's so many there's so many ways you have, yeah. you have to broaden that so much to cover the scope of what people write about exactly scps can be anything from something that could fit on this table like a pen yeah to entire cities yeah right and with the scp foundation they've there's been notes of scps that are entire cities mm-hmm. that the scp foundation said it operates at a clandestine level and it has the combined backing of every major government it's almost fundless. Like there's yeah. no amount of money they can't throw at something. Yeah, there's nothing it can't do. It's uh, all powerful <clears throat> as an organization. Yeah, they've contained entire cities <laughs> because sometimes a city has become an anomalous object where if it is not contained can cause life-threatening situations. God, it's so cool. Sometimes you get what's called a K-class experience, which is world-ending humankind extinction. We'll get to that. We'll, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, right. Eventually, you're going to learn SCPs have a have a format, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The central focus... Da, 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 da. The central focus of the SCP... There's a wiki, actually. It's the central focus of the SCP wiki is the SCP file, mm-hmm. commonly referred to as just an SCP. So mm-hmm. every SCP is created in a file format. Mm-hmm. It is a set of in-universe technical documentation supposedly compiled by the foundation in an effort to understand, analyze, experiment with, and most importantly, contain the anomalies. The SCP file is, in fact, a form of constrained writing, an immersive way to tell a story about the nature and history of an anomalous object or entity, whether directly or by hinting at some greater idea. Yeah. So each SCP is given a number, is a unique serial number or destination. On the wiki, you can browse SCP. So there's a SCP wiki that is amazing. This is where I got half of my content from. Yeah. What's from the SCP wiki? Because talking about SCP is an arduous task. Like <laughs> that would be easy. Yeah. And then I was like, all right. And I was like, <clears throat> fuck. It seems so. Whenever I have like topics that I like, you know, we have a <laughs> list of topics. Occasionally. There's one like this that's just gargantuan, and I'll be like, I can't. Hey, Dave, you want to do this one? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And this is literally the, in my opinion, this is going to be one of the most goose chases you're ever going to hear on Goose Chase. Because SCP is boundless. It's diverse. It's deep. All of its players are randos. And uh, This mm -hmm. is uh, why, literally, this is the kind of thing that is why this podcast exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now Dave's going to enjoy the next bit of information. Oh, boy. So each SCP is given a unique serial number or designation. Yeah. And on the wiki, you can browse them from SCP designations ranging from 001 to 3,999. They are designated in four numerical serials. Mm -hmm. Serial series one is SCP-001. serial. (laughs) Super. So throughout the years, SCPs each set years will become canon. They are now locked in. Sure. Mm-hmm. So now SCPs, you can create a new SCP. It doesn't matter what time of year the world was created as long as it's within the SCP structure. Okay. Now, but now the numbers are locked. So series one is SCP-001 through SCP-999. That'll range from 2007 to 2011. Okay. A- series two SCPs is SCP-1000 to... 1,999. Okay. okay I'm, I'm sorry. Is the the year range when the SCP was created or when the SCP originally occurred? Is when it was locked within canon. Okay. Mm. 
So they've been separating each numerical thing as they're going up in the numbers. So you could technically, if you really want, make SCP-4095. Yeah. Now, how well it gets voted is going to be a different story because it has to follow the series value. Okay. Now, luckily, you're still good because series three goes from 2000 to 2099. That covers years 2013 to 2017. Okay. And then series four covers from 3000 to 3999. That went from 2017 to 2018. So we are officially in series five of the SCP logs. Wow. Okay. And then each series is locked in that format. So, so this instance, is just since they started started locking these in and canonizing them. Yeah, they're setting a golden standard. Right. And then as we get further, you'll figure out why. Okay. Because the SCP format is the most important thing of the SCP creative writing. Gotcha. It has to follow this format or it gets downvoted into oblivion. Which, which makes sense because, you know, if you're trying to establish uh, something that is consistent... You can't just have people write, oh, I saw this wicked rock, it had horns, it was like a demon. Like, exactly. you can't do that. Exactly. <laughs> because there's a format. Because yeah. every SCP format you do is going to work like a case file. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were a teacher, you're teaching what this is. Uh-huh. And here's the format as follows. Okay. The basic format of SCP is as follows. Item number, SCP dash the number. Uh-huh. So, for instance, a normal SCP, the one would be like SCP dash 001. Uh-huh. Now, we'll come back to 001. 001 is the most coveted SCP number that it can't will never be canon. Okay. Because it's considered the first SCP. And mm-hmm. no one can decide where it really started. Exactly. Now, there's been a couple <laughs> that have been locked in as like the top contenders. Mm-hmm. But in canon lore, SCP-001 has been decided to be the one that started the SCP Foundation. Oh, that's so awesome. therefore, it has to be reality bending in some shape or form. And to disguise what the original SCP is, there's multiple SCP-001s. Oh, that's great. So people contend for a 001 slot all the time. I can't wait until like 4,000 years from now and the Holy Wars start over this. It took almost three years for the most recent SCP-001 to be considered into the 001 fan piece. <laughs> what wow. I love about this is that um, it, it's so hard to get through, like to understand all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that someone years from now can just like find some of it and get lost in the same way and be like, wait, what is this real? Yeah. What is this? What's happening? <laughs> What's uh, Which was the first one? What? Yeah. Exactly. So 001, last I checked, there's at least 10 or 15 001s. And sure. the SCP has now canonized why there's so many mm-hmm. because it is the utmost security that no one knows what 001 is. Okay, or sure. Who, like or the, where it is. The lore explaining the yeah. discrepancies. Where there's been a couple that, like, the canon of, like, some of the major ones is, one of them is called The Guardian. Mm-hmm. SCP-001, The Guardian, which we'll touch base in a second after I go over the format. Yeah. Because this one is one of my favorites. <laughs> Sorry, we're, like, never going to let you get through this, apparently. <laughs> That's fine. I'll talk about this all day. So you go SCP dash the number mm-hmm. object class there's a category name we'll go over object classes next that's going to be one of the most important things to listen to when you listen to a category yeah then you go to special containment procedures a detailed summary of all specific means needed to make sure the anomaly is safely contained mm-hmm. then you go to the description a technically written documentation of all things that the anomaly is does and can do mm-hmm. and then supplements optional additional files added on to the base document so mm-hmm. that can mean like Inspection logs. notes, 
logs because you do this in like a role play platform. Like you are the scientist or the officer. It's usually in a scientific role because you're creating this file of this anomaly. Now, each SCP is given an object class based on the degree of containment difficulty. Where a lot of people hear these object class thing and it means, oh, how dangerous it is. Not necessarily. Now, there is a trend you'll see. Like certain classes obviously are incredibly dangerous, Uh but it's not based off how dangerous they are. It's how hard they are to contain. Right. Okay. So something that's kind of a like a low level threat, but that is impossible to contain, might still have like a really high because it's all about like, the containment. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, about yeah. how yeah. dangerous it's something it is. that doesn't necessarily hurt anyone, but it's airborne yeah. is going to be a higher class. <laughs> and like than, moves through walls and yeah. yeah. Yep. So the first classification, classification safe. The anomaly can be contained by simply leaving it alone. No special procedures, methods, or events are necessary to keep it from damaging the world. This does not necessarily mean it's not dangerous. A safe class object can be world-threatening if not contained, but it's just really easy to contain. Right. So some examples for those that want to see future SCPs, fuck, come back to my notes, is (laughs) SCP-1981, SCP-2579, SCP-933, and SCP-1425. Okay. So those are some SCPs. Those that want to dive into it, those are some SCPs you can look at that'll be safe. Okay. So I made sure for each classification, I've got a couple references. So maybe, for example, that might be something like it's like a orb, and if you touch it, it's incredibly dangerous, but also you can just put it in a box and everything's fine. So I'll read one. This is a safe one. SCP-2579. Uh-huh. Object class, safe. Special containment procedures, all known instances of SCP-2579 are contained at a zoological containment site-282. They are to be housed in a large containment enclosure that adequately emulates a Pacific Northwestern forest. Food is to be placed in the enclosure twice daily. <laughs> Description. SCP-2579 is a species of bear that is nearly identical to the Usuri brown bear, Ursus arctus lysodius. Primarily found in Japan, instances were originally discovered living near the Canadian slash Washington state border. Notice how when you talk about SCPs, they're instances. Yeah, right. Instances are generally non-anomalous with diets and behavioral patterns being identical to normal bears. They are noted to have two anomalous properties. The first property is in regards to mating behaviors during the breeding season. The second anomalous property is the formation and presence of a cybernetic device labeled scp 2579-1. In the brains of SCP-2579 instances, male SCP-2579 instances are able to anomalously produce music. This is believed to originate from the cybernetic device within their brains. During breeding season, male instances will attempt to court females by playing music and harmonizing with it. Very white. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Vortural vocalizations and cadences. So occasionally, two male instances will compete for the right to breed with a female instance. Instead of engaging in physical combat, instances will perform elaborate dances, routines, with <laughs> music accompanying the style and dance. So that would be like a safe SCP. Yeah. Safe SCPs can be very dangerous, right? but they're easy to attain. It's, uh, you don't want to get seduced by a singing bear. You will get <laughs> fucked, literally. <laughs> so that would be an instance of safe, where it's easy to contain. It's just bears that need to be separated yeah, and, and that was a brief reading. <clears throat> and then we go to object class Euclid. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing this. Euclid, the anomaly is inherently unpredictable or requires some amount of special effort to be contained. You're not quite sure what will happen if you leave it alone, and it might be a little bit more complex than a safe class entity, object, or phenomenal. Examples are SCP-3008, SCP-426, SCP-1171, SCP-3001, and SCP-1609. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and read SCP-3001. And I'm going to read it in the proper format. So okay. item number SCP-3001, object class Euclid, special containment procedures. To prevent further accidental entries into SCP-3001, all foundation reality bending technology will be upgraded and modified with multiple newly developed safeguards to prevent class C broken entry wormhole creation. While knowledge of SCP-3001 is available to personnel of any level, should they wish to learn about it, Research and experimentation with SCP-3001 is associated technology is strictly limited to personnel of level 3 and above, with special clearance designations granted from sites 120, 121, 124, and 133. Description. SCP-3001 is a hypothesized paradoxical parallel slash pocket non-dimension accessible through the creation <laughs> of a momentary class C broken entry wormhole. While to believe in... Infinity extending parallel universe, SCP-301 is almost completely devoid of any matter that has an extremely low Hume level of 0.0032. A Hume level is the impact it's going to have on reality oh. in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Da, 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 da. This extremely low rate and damage that would otherwise prove fatal does not impede any biological slash electronic functions. Simulations suggest that an organism can lose more than 70% of their body tissue and still operate normally as long as at least 40% of the brain remains. So this does have a chance to damage your brain being in this anomaly. <laughs> okay. This is why it needs to be contained. Right. Gotcha. Will cause matter to gradually approach. SCP-3001's own Hume level resulting in severe tissue damage or structural damage as the matter's own Hume field begins to disintegrate. So, oh, so as your you get, reality field, so, essentially. Exactly. So everybody has a Hume level. Yeah. As you get closer to the, this SCP, it starts to deteriorate, and you as yourself begin to deteriorate. That's crazy. I, I love this one. SCP-3001 was initially discovered on January 2nd, 2000, at Site-121. A facility redacted, dedicated mm. to testing... So you, as you read through SCPs, you begin to see redacted logs I of information that. that has been scrubbed to protect other information or discrepancy. Yeah. So, da, da, da. Testing, I love that. Containing reality bending technology, Dr. Redacted and his wife, Dr. Redacted, were headed researchers at Site 120 and were developing an experimental device called the Lang Scranton Stabilizer. Lang Scranton? <laughs> Dr. Redacted was transported to SCP-3001 after unexpected seismic activity damaged several active LSS sites. Reality Lab A initially presumed dead. Dr. Redacted has survived in SCP-301 for at least five years, 11 months, and 21 days. During this time, he was able to record his experiences and observations with SCP-301. There was somehow still functioning control panel, which was also brought into SCP-3001. Oh my God. Then it goes on a little bit more information. Footnotes. A previously hypothetical type of wormhole that does not transport matter to expected location or has a space-time flow that may randomly and dangerously affect matter mid-travel. Okay. So that would be a one of the many Euclids where <coughs> it can be incredibly dangerous, but it's only a little hard to contain. It doesn't right. require extravagant amount of resources. Sure. And then we go to object class Keter. 
Yeah, this is this is where the stuff gets really nuts. So these SCPs are really difficult to contain, requiring a huge expenditure of resources or extensively complex containment procedures. The most dangerous of phenomena are classified as Keter, often but not always posing an existential threat to humanity, the world, or universal structure. So examples are SCP-1739, SCP-231, SCP-2935, SCP-2293, which is considered a funny Keter, and SCP-3200. <laughs> so you'll eventually see what's called comedic SCPs. They're designed to be funny. Right. Where a lot of time in the SCP Foundation, it's gritty, it's dark, it can be terrifying. Yeah. Some people will release a SCP that can be kind of funny. Sure. So one of the SCPs we'll read is SCP-1739, if this is what I was thinking. Okay. So I have a, one of my favorite Keters. So... SCP-1739, class Keter. Special containment procedure. SCP-1739 is contained in a containment sector, which is redacted, located in site redacted. Mm -hmm. When you get a Keter, you're going to see a lot of redacted stuff. Yeah, because they're by their nature, they're more serious. Yeah. Experimentation plans regarding SCP-1739 must first be forwarded to the O5 Council for approval. The O5 Council is the highest ranking position in the SCP Foundation. Nothing outranks them. Sure. Containing sector redacted is to be constantly monitored in the event that any individuals spontaneously appear within containment sector redacted. The O5 cancel is to be immediately notified. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Christy has completely bundled now. I keep getting more and more oh bundled. I need a picture of you, you weirdo. <laughs> Just like, you know what you look like right now is the girl at the end of midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Anyway. So. Except with uh, more more hedgehogs on this blanket and yeah, less flowers. For sure. Containment of SCP-1739's primary anomalous effects is executed under Operation Smokescreen. Mm. The overseeing level four researcher has primary authority on over Operation Smokescreen and reports directly to the O5 Council. The details of Operation Smokescreen are classified to the overseeing researcher and the O5 Council specifically. Description. SCP-1739 is a Dell Latitude D800 laptop. <laughs> SCP-1739 has proven impervious to all attempts at destruction. An executable file named gofetch.exe is located on SCP-1739's hard drive. Executing gofetch.exe opens three windowed applications. The first window contains an input field requesting date and time in Unix timestamp format. Only dates between January 1st, 2004... 0118 GMT and current time at the time of input are accepted. Hmm. All others resulting in an error message subject who enter a number within the corrected range will disappear. Hmm. So if you understand that, that's saying subjects who do not follow that format will disappear. The subject disappears. The subject disappears. <laughs> so okay. say if you go up to this laptop and you do not put the proper format. Yeah. You're nice. gone. Wow. Okay. This is cool. The second window appears to be a client application for an unknown chat protocol. Users are automatically given the handle branch prime after subjects disappear that the client can be used to communicate with individuals given handles that are variations of the name Isaac. These individuals came to be foundation personnel existing in a divergent timeline created by the disappeared subject's temporal relocation to the designation determined by the input Unix timestamp. Wow. The third window is a computer-generated animation of a dog chained to a doghouse. <laughs> if a number is successfully entered, the animation changes to display a woman unleashing the dog and throwing a ball into the distance 
The dog runs off screen after the ball. After a time period ranging from three days to seven months, the Isaac handle disconnects from the chat. At this point, the animation changes once more to swing the dog running back with the deflated remains of the ball between its teeth. The dog disregards the remains, which fly off screen, while the woman changes the dog back to the doghouse. On January 1st, 2004, SCP-1739 spontaneously appeared in containment in containment sector redacted, which was previously vacant. Oh, addendum one seven three nine. It put itself away. Yes, <laughs> Operation Smokescreen is underway to prevent SCP one seven three nine from depositing travelers from the future. <laughs> Researchers regarding SCP one seven three nine's primary focus is to contribute to these efforts. Furthermore, the O five Council has indefinitely banned any experimentation with SCP one seven three nine that involves sending travelers to the past. That's so cool. So it is a time traveling laptop. Yeah. That's so cool. You know, I didn't even think about that part of it, but it's like what you really do need to be afraid of is people coming from the future. Because, mm-hmm. you know, cool that you can go back in time, but so can someone else who hasn't existed yet. Exactly. That's So that is cool. why it is now considered to be a Keter class, because it can teleport wherever it wants. Yeah. And there's extreme measures to contain it. I love it. In addition, there are a number of esoteric and secondary object classes that are used much less than the big three above. They mm-hmm. still serve important purposes. Object class, Thamuel. This is my favorite. Thamuel? Thamuel. This is my favorite one. Thilly. This is a very rare object class, only known to be the highest levels of the foundation in essence. Thamuel class objects are anti-ketter. What? Okay. They are used in the containment or counteracting of other SCPs. Oh. They act as powerful tools used by the Foundation, which normally really never uses anomalies. So, for examples, SCP-2000, SCP-2003, SCP-3000, which is actually one of my favorite SCPs. We'll go over that in a second. Okay. SCP-179 and SCP-3031. So, Thamuel-class SCPs are ones that have been either contained or cannot be contained that assist the foundation in one way, shape, or form. Gotcha. One of my favorite SCPs, there's two. SCP-3000, I can't remember the other one. I got to, it's in my notes somewhere. Okay. Codenamed Kane, who has a counter SCP named Abel. Oh, mm. cool. Oh, cool. So. I love this. SCP Kane, while walking around, all... In grass and nature, life seems to die under his feet. Oh, SCP right. Kane also seems to have a set of two bionic arms mm-hmm. of robotic nature. He appears to be virtually indestructible by many means. Means, yeah. And then you have SCP Abel. So first off, SCP Kane. Any damage that would be afflicted to Kane yeah. is instead reverted back to the causer of it. Okay. So if you were to fire a bullet at Kane, yeah, you get the shot. bullet would impact Kane, but would appear with almost no damage. But the person who fired the bullet would suffer from the casualty or the results what that bullet would cause. Yeah. Uh, it's been tested through f- multiple f- damaging based weapons, either energy or kinetic based. Yeah. So flamethrowers, people were burnt. People that fire rocket launchers were blown up. Yeah. And I'm guessing it has one weakness. So the SCP has not experimented with the two. Okay. And we'll f- I'll go over that in a second. So SCP Kane, while appearing indestructible by any means, has been known to just wander on his own because most of the fan cannot contain him, mm-hmm. has come in contact with SCP Foundation and has communicated and has been known to be used to help contain Keter class anomalies that would normally result in the massive loss of human life. Wow. Now, SCP Kane is not always willing to do it. 
So it's kind of if he's in the mood for it. But he refuses to ever assist with the containment of Abel. <laughs> okay. So Abel is another SCP. I got to find his number. I have it written in my million pages of notes that I can't find. That's all right. Why Abel is, appears to be locked in a concrete coffin surrounded by chains with almost a ticking clock. SCP's Kane's containment procedure requires him to be in a isolated bunker in the middle of the ocean. SCP Abel's? Hmm? SCP Abel's containment this is, is in con- the bunker? He, SCP yeah. Abel, I gotta find his, okay. his, conti- okay. his containment procedure is as follows. Okay. He is to be buried a couple hundred feet behind reinforced con- actually about, I think it was like a mile or two in <laughs> no man's land. Yeah. Buried underground mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> That's crazy. With a facility built on that ocean to contain him. And then this coffin is to be put a mile and pass a narrow corridor with multiple bulkheads. Oh my God. With blast door based reinforcement. And every course, anywhere from every week, month to every three years, this coffin will open, releasing SCP Abel. Mm-hmm. Who has been proven to be resistant to large and small arms fire? Okay, with increased strength, able to bust through multiple barricaded doors. Reinforced steel, the hallways to be reinforced by concrete and steel yeah. in the middle of an ocean, able to be flooded at any moment if containment cannot be proceeded. Wow. Okay. Multiple ways that have been proven to <coughs> disable. <Hey>. Able <laughs> has been. Large caliber, 50 caliber BMG automatic rounds, uh-huh. multiple rounds from the from a pretty much a kill box of sorts. Okay. He has to be bombarded as he breaks through multiple doors. If he cannot be contained through those normal means, they are to seal every door and then flood the oh entire corridor. Okay. For the next week. Wow. And that is, it is not to be drained or revisited for the next 72 to like the next three to four days is it not to be drained. Yeah. And then they can go in with a extension of operational personnel above class D class D is the lowest formation, which is usually convicts on death row. Okay. So this is well-trained soldiers that are all carrying heavy anti-equipment weaponry. Yeah. To re-secure the foundation and put him back in his coffin or whatever. Upon destruction and death, which they have found SCP able is able to survive hours without oxygen. Oh, my God. While buried under rubble. And there is a backup thermonuclear warhead built within the <laughs> containment site to wow. make sure SCP Able is not released. Okay. So, like, so, this is, like, four different methods of containment. So, what does SCP Able do? So, SCP Able appears to be a humanoid, humanoid shape approximately six feet tall, pale complexion, incredibly aggressive. Okay. When upon destruction, his body turns into ash, goes back into this coffin, which is then sealed by chain of unknown substance that appears virtually indestructible by normal means. Yeah. And then a almost like a Rubik's Cube of a clock locks it in place. Okay. Where they have not been able to pry it open by normal means, and they don't want to. Right. <laughs> upon his, what they assume is him reforming from this gaseous state. He will reappear in a hyper-aggressive stance, killing everybody in sight. Oh, my God. 
with small arms fire appearing to be almost useless against him. So they have to resort to 50 caliber machinery (laughs) and they have to lay into him for him to even slow down. Can you imagine your job being like, (laughs) when's he going to come back? Because all shit's going to break up. Like, my job is real boring, except for, like, that one time every so often when all hell breaks loose. And it could be any day. A week, a month, or a year before he comes back. So you'd just basically be, you'd just have people around the clock waiting to deal with this when it happens. Around the clock there in a mounted, multiple mounted 50 caliber machine guns designed to just, this is why it is a narrow corridor, so he cannot dodge it as easily. Right. And each corridor has multiple machine gun placements along with claymores and trip wires. Mm-hmm. And each section is designed to close off with a steel blast door that he has been proven by his bare hands to be able to break through. <laughs> That's so cool. That would be able. Yeah. So, and then we come to one of my favorites. This is SCP 3000. Okay. God. Candidate Blur just cool. <laughs> All right. So to okay. even view this on the wiki, you have a nice little hypertext that you have to click on, to, like confirming your approval <laughs> to read it. <laughs> That's cool. And upon doing it, so SCP-3000 is a very interesting one. Yeah. Special containment procedure. The area containing SCP-3000 Currently, a region of the Bay of Bengal, roughly 300 kilometers in diameter, is to be routinely patrolled by Foundation naval vessels. Under no circumstances are civilians allowed to attempt deep-sea exploration or diving efforts in the quarantined area. Individuals believed to have contacted SCP-2000 are to be contained, quarantined, and processed at Site-151. Individuals affected by the anomalous properties of SCP-3000 are to be held in containment indefinitely. Wait, people who what? Individuals affected by the anomalous properties Uh, of SCP-3000 are to be held in containment indefinitely. Holy shit. The Foundation submarine SCPF Aramida is to monitor the location of the foremost section of SCP-3000 currently located within the Gangs Fawn, roughly a (laughs) 0.7 kilometer beneath the bay. The Rometa is tasked with carrying out the ATZAC protocol and staffing regulations on board the vessel are subject to the guidelines of the protocol for a full description of the ATZAC protocol. See addendum 3000.2. There is currently no no cure for exposure for SCP-3000. As such, affected individuals should be contained and quarantined for further evaluation. Oh my God. Individuals stationed aboard the SCPF Aramida are not permitted to leave the vessel except for the purposes of carrying out the necessary procedures of the ATZAC protocol. Individuals who leave the vessel without proper authorization are to be considered lost. Oh my God. So under no circumstances should any individual interact with SCP-3000 without authorization. And this is, what, 0.7 kilometers below the surface of the ocean in the bay outside of Mm -hmm. wherever. Where it currently is. Okay. Oh, where it currently is. Okay. So... I'm not going to go into the full detail because this is a pretty big SCP document. Yeah. We are going to go to the description. Okay. SCP-3000 is a massive aquatic serpentine entity strongly resembling a giant moray eel. It's Nessie. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Sure, let's say it's Nessie. The Nessie-ian. full length of SCP-3000 is impossible to determine, but it's hypothesized to be between 600 and 900 kilometers. Okay. The head 
of SCP-3000 measures roughly 2.5 meters in diameter, and sections of the body proper are as large as 10 meters in diameter. SCP-3000 is a typically a sedimentary creature, only moving its head in response to certain stimuli or during feeding. The majority of its body is located in and around the gang's fawn and rarely moves at all. It's 600 kilometers long. It's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> You're really excited about that. It's nasty. It's nasty. Yeah. And this is where it gets scary. Okay. SCP-3000 is a class 8 cognitohazard entity. That sounds serious. <laughs> Direct observation of SCP-3000 may cause mm-hmm. severe mental alterations in viewers. So a cognitohazard is if you know about it yeah. s- by any of your five senses, oh, okay. it may have an effect on you. Sure. So if you see it, hear it, smell it, etc., yeah. will have some form of effect. This right. one in this case is usually seeing. Okay. Direct observation of SCP-3000 may cause severe mental alterations in viewers. Individuals who directly observe SCP-3000, as well as any individuals within an uncertain distance of SCP-3000, experience inexplicable head pain, paranormal, general fear and panic, and memory loss or general alteration fear of memory. And panic? It sounded like you said genital fear. And then <laughs> <laughs> I eventually recommend people reading into SCP-3000. Yeah. Because the reason it is a Thamuel class entity mm-hmm. is because the SCP uses a series of Amnestics, very similar to what you would consider like the MIB, like neuralizer. Okay. Mm-hmm. The SCP uses amnestics. Okay. So for people that have experienced, because some SCPs can get terrifying. Right. Some SCPs, one of them, I gotta remember, I don't remember its classification, is a type of dog. It looks like a like a hellhound of sorts. Puppy. Not the kind of puppy you want to see. It's no, a large. I want to see hell puppies. Not this one. It is a large, furless creature with a red-hued skin. That creepy. Upon demon puppy dissection, has none of the major survival organs most creatures would have. So it has no stomach. Hollow puppy. But then here's where they get terrifying. They've been known to mimic the sounds of people and things, Ew. like people yelling for help. Sometimes of people they've never even met that you may know. That's Creeper upsetting. puppy. So it can reach into your head, essentially, and mimic people in your life and do Suppo- weird stuff and then, to you. And they'll cry for help. Oh, that's awful. And then when you come, they will eat people. Yeah, right. Alive. Horrible. And then they throw up the remains because they have nowhere to put it. <laughs> okay. What so- about an SCP that can be described by uh, saying, Foofy! <laughs> It's quite possible. That the subject is a weird horn. So that would actually be, which there's a type of SCP that's like that. We'll go over that in a second. That would be called a, uh, it's actually called a meme. Meme. Okay, so this SCP is utilized by SCP to, what, deal with people who have experienced so, other phenomena that's like SCP-3000, upon consuming someone, releases a... Viscous fluid mm. that the ASCAT protocol's job is usually D class personnel are fed to SCP 3000 and they are consumed, and then the SCP collects the viscous fluid that comes from the body and then uses it to create high quality amnestics. Wow. So forget me, Juice. Pretty much. Okay. Which they'd be able to turn into an anywhere from an aerosol for a wide dispersion. To just a small shot, depending on the severity. You have anywhere from a class one to a class five amnestic. Uh-huh. With 
the SCP-300-1, which is the fluid created from it, they've been able to make more powerful amnestics that can be preserved longer. Okay. Now, the SCP Foundation in the catalog is also saying they are looking for more ways to get this without the sacrifice of human life. <laughs> so it's kind of like using beaver butt to flavor things. <laughs> exactly, but for the benefit of mankind. Right. It's like yeah. that weird beaver anal gland that goes into Blue Mood ice cream or whatever the hell it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like that. <clears throat> and then so after we got a rough of that, now I have, these are things people may know. It's terms to know. Okay. When you're listening, when you're reading a SCP document. Like some of the specific terminology. Exactly. So you have anomalous classifications. These are things when an anomaly has a certain classification to it. So outside of the containment protocol, which is like Euclid, Keter. Yeah. That's just what it is to contain it. Sure. Now these are classifications. Some of them. One of them is memetic or meme for short. Mm-hmm. Fit, there you go. <laughs> which that could actually be. An SCP. <laughs> a meme is any unit of information that can spread and transfer itself throughout society. Memetic effects deal with how the brain understands and reacts to media. It is a piece of data in a subject's mind that has an anomalous effect on that subject's physical or mental state that is spread when anyone else becomes aware of the same information. In particular, anomalous I'd memetic... i that's true for that. <laughs> yep. Anomalous memetic agents are bits of hazardous information that are like a mental virus, triggering anomalous reactions in people who are exposed to them. So it's those. I think are you've got a lot of those. <laughs> a lot of memetic. <laughs> I'm an SCP. <laughs> yeah, you have all kinds of mental viruses you carry around with you. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> if we had to classify Chrissy, she'd be SCP four zero zero one. Classification safe. <laughs> Anomalous Am I properties. Easy to contain, though? We can put I? you in a box. Is there Handel's ice cream in the box? Yeah. Am that could be part of the containment protocols. Must <laughs> feed it ice cream. <laughs> Some so containment protocols escape. are literally just keep this thing fed but, and locked up. Yeah, but just keep it no happy. more than once every three days. <laughs> like, there's protocols like that every 48 hours deliver yeah. this. Yeah. And some SP, SCPs are sentient beings. Like, they had, like, a Frankenstein SCP. Oh, really? Where they're not sure where it's from, but it's from Germany. It has mixed match parts and pieces. <laughs> and it is not to be given any surgical tools or anything information about the SCP Foundation except by approval. Oh, okay. The only time it's allowed to have its surgical kit is under direct supervision, so it may repair damaged parts. Wow. That's cool. So that is a memetic classification. Okay. Now you have anti-memetic or anti-meme. A anti-meme is the opposing of a meme. Instead of having self-spreading properties, it's a self-censoring property. Anonymous anti-memes are perfectly mentally camouflaged, whether by making you unable to hold your perception of one in your uh -huh. short-term memory or making you unable to comprehend the concept of its existence. You read me one of those once that was very cool. One of those, so a lot of the Whovian fans out there remember these as the silence. Mm -hmm. So if they were to be an SCP, they would be an anti memetic okay. or an anti meme because you forget when you see them. Um, yeah. There's, oh God, I wish I remembered which one it was. But in um, the book American Gods by Neil mm -hmm. Gaiman, there is a character, he's one of the old gods, but basically um, his description is such that. He's so unremarkable to look at, you basically forget about him as soon as you see him. 
And this is a concept Neil Gaiman flirts with a lot because there's stuff like that um, that happens in Neverwhere, too. Like There's actually an SCP that's just like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that concept. It's so cool. It's cool. cool. Where one of the things he does is in an interview. So one of the – I'm going to drop a YouTuber earlier. His name is The Vulgan. Yeah. I think he's the one you've told us about before. Yes. He does – what he does for his YouTube channel is he just reads SCP documents from the wiki. Yeah. And then he does it in his own way. He's like, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And And he reads it to you like he's an actual teaching a class. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It makes the SCP so much – so chewable. Atmospheric. It does. It makes it so much more easy to grasp. Yeah. And one of the interviews, you – they're interviewing this guy. And you hear like a loud bang. It's him punching the doctor. But – But he doesn't know. He's like, I just got a nosebleed. And he's like – But he doesn't know. But – Because he can't remember. Because he's an anti-meme. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that actually scares me a little bit. There's even one me. There's one. This is a classification Euclid because it's pretty easy to contain, yeah. but it's hyper dangerous. Uh-huh. One of its containment procedures: if you were ever to go in its containment cell, you can only go no less than three people at a time. Okay. And all three have to maintain eye contact and coordinate when they blink. Oh. So. For the Whovians, this may sound familiar. So you'd have to be like, blinking, so no one else blinks. Exactly. So angels? Like whipping angels, but it's one little statue that's with rebar infused. And in its (laughs) procedure, in its containment vessel, it needs to be cleaned periodically because it will fill the containment procedure with blood and feces. (laughs) And if you look away from it, it will snap your neck. Oh, my God. And so they need to coordinate who's blinking because as long as you're looking at it, it won't move. Yeah. But if all three blink, it moves lightning quick mm-hmm. and someone's going to die. That's so cool. Have and you creepy. seen any of I've seen the Weeping Angels. The Weeping Angels. Yeah, they episodes. are upsetting. It's very creepy. And yeah. then here's where it's even The worse. silence is very creepy too, but I, I think the angels are something that mm-hmm. a lot of people have latched on to as being very disturbing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's even one Oops. SCP that once you look at it, you can't look away or it will kill you. Oh, my God. So you just maintain eye contact forever? Mm-hmm. Ew. Well, until you eventually die. <laughs> and there's one SCP that you have to Which ignore you it. Soon. If you stop ignoring it, it will kill you. That's impossible. <laughs> Both of those things are impossible. And it goes out of its way. It won't bug, bug, bug you for long. Yeah. But don't acknowledge it. The moment you would acknowledge it, yeah. it'll go for you. And there's times where <laughs> you'll open a cupboard yeah. and he's there and you just got to... Nope. I'm what sorry. You're talking that? about ignoring something, and the whole time this dog is like in your face yeah. trying to get you to pay attention this to him, and it's making me laugh. <laughs> this is the thing that you can't pay too much attention to, or it will kill you. Yeah. Little murder boy. Little murder boy. Only yeah, the so bunnies. Only if you're SCPs a bunny. can get terrifying. Yeah. I love some of the really scary ones. You then, showed me the one about the, the sort of. It was like, like a Wendigo kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, skull yeah. thing. So, okay. So after we talked about that, and not even long after, um, a friend of mine, JLo at work, was telling me about something she was like a YouTube video she watched or a documentary she watched about Helltown, Ohio and all this stuff about it and the way she was describing it. I'm like, okay. It sounded a lot like the SCP you told me about. Mm -hmm. And basically it was like a documentary she watched, but then they kind of like, they debunked it, 
But then the way she was talking about it was very similar to the way you talked about the SCP. I'm like, is this all related? Is this like an SCP video she watched? It's possible. Um, they I mentioned states and locations. I, I have yeah, to right. look it up. I have to look it up because it was very reminiscent of what you talked about. But I was like, yeah, that sounds so familiar. And now we have a classification that is what we call Chrissy. A cognito <laughs> hazard. Uh. A cognito hazard is something that is dangerous when pers- when we perceive it with one of the five senses. That For tracks. example, a sound. Right. <laughs> a sound that causes you to bleed from every pore or a, s- or a smell that causes you to go insane. All mimetic <laughs> effects are a subset of cognito hazards. As an order to process the info, you have to sense it. Yeah, it makes sense. So almost all the time, a cognito hazard is usually Keter or Euclid. Okay. Because knowing about it puts you in danger. Sure. So it goes back to like the old V for Vendetta thing. You can't kill a thought. Right. So how you contain something that just knowing about it is dangerous. Yeah, right. So when they write their SCP documents about it, they have to write what they know about it. Right. Okay. Or yeah. what it's not. Yeah. Oh, God. Which that's comes a really cool into thing. what's called an info hazard. Okay. Info hazards are anomalous effects that trigger when the SCP is described, referred to, or acknowledged. You don't even have to sense the thing to be affected by an info hazard. You just have to know that it exists. So that actually kind of begs the question of how you write an SCP about that. It affects data written about the anomaly and people that are made aware of the existence of the effect. So for a lot of those, you have to write what it isn't. Yeah, you have to describe it in the negative sense. One SCP, this one freaks me out. It talks about a type of, so they always redact its name. Yeah. It's a boy from Redacted. Yeah. When you talk about it, he'll appear. And he'll want to take you to his room to show you some stuff. If you write his name, draw about him, do anything, he's going to come and he's probably going to take you away. Oh, my God. That creeps me out. And then you'll never be heard from again. (laughs) And... (laughs) And his name is Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> He's right behind you. Jimothy, take me away. <laughs> take me away, haha. <laughs> and then you have, there's one we're going to get to next. It's pretty soon. This one freaks me out the most. Okay. But this is a ontokinetic or reality bender. These ones don't freak me out as much. because These are just kind of really cool. Yeah. Ontokinetic being can manipulate the laws of reality, kind of like magic, through anomalous means. Groups of interest contained in study reality benders often in unethical ways, creating some moral crises for the foundation. Okay. So talking about that, sometimes you may get like cults that pop up sure. where if they force it. So the foundation still values human life, yeah. but it does not believe the foundation to gun down cultists. If It's, for, it, it's protecting everyone. It's the greater humanity, good. yeah. It is the greater good in the finest form, but there's constant times where the SCP is like, is this ethical? And they have to arrange ethical versus protecting the fucking species in the world. Yeah, right. And then here, this one, there's an SCP I read about. This one freaks me out the most. It's called Anart or an artist. Anart is a short for anomalous art. Many people and groups aware of the existence of reality-breaking phenomena choose to explore it by creating often surrealist art with extranormal properties, these people being called anartists. So okay. there's one anart SCP. It is a picture of an owl. Okay. That is usually seen either. Is it a superb owl? I would assume so. A superb owl. <laughs> so, and this is where it gets scary because this, this is a classification of Keter. Okay. 
It is actually uncontained. Okay. So SCP Foundation cannot contain it. They can't contain a picture of an owl. And here's why. <laughs> and here's also why it's Keter and why it's an anomaly. Yeah. This picture of an owl will range from usually two to three designs. One of an owl just perched, looking, yeah. where it's been known when people come, it draws people towards it by some anomalous effect. Yeah. And people drawn to it can usually be heard screaming agony. And those that have escaped it safely have been missing eyes. Tongues, soft bits that like an owl would eat. Because it, pre- would eat. it preys people. Most often, people that don't escape end up disappearing entirely. Oh my god! <laughs> now, there's ways to contain it in short bursts, putting stuff in front of it, yeah, blocking its way. It likes to appear in alleys originally, okay. But as the SCP has continued to block its path with other things, they have found the heart. The more you block it, the sooner it is to change locations. Oh my and God. it could change anywhere in the world. So the SCP is constantly looking out for it. Yeah. And now people that have been under its effect that don't go to it immediately, the art appearance appears to change to a, like a bird in flight with talons out. Okay. Of the same owl. And then they'll see it begin to move like it's stalking the person that it's drawn to. Okay. So you, you can know about it, but nope, and you'll walk away. And you can walk away from it. And it can pop up in front of you again. Not quite. Oh, it okay. always, it won't just appear out of nowhere. I mean, it does appear out of nowhere. Right. But it's not a quick mover. Right. So you'll, you'll find it again somewhere so else. So like you'll, you'll go home and then it's in your living room. Right. No. This is the scary part. It's, okay. only, it's usually in public areas. Okay. Okay. So sometimes you may see it appear, like if you're in a large suburban area, which usually appears, you may see it outside your window yeah. on a big, like a concrete wall yeah looking right through your window right at you with its talons out and if you get too close to it you're done oh this is so creepy and then the more they try to contain it the sooner it is to jump to a different location yeah and there's been times where it they've had cases where it'll change by the minute or by the hour but it's not by the second right and they've found cases of it now where it used to come in like alleyways like out-of-the-way locations that are quiet and you'd almost never go to. Yeah. But as the SCP has gone through lengths to contain it, they've been seeing it popping up in more populated areas. Right. Like parks. Yeah. Overpasses. Yeah. Where it's far harder for the SCP to contain it, leading them to believe that this art is some form of sentient. (laughs) That's cool. I like that one. That one's it's super creepy because it's the thought of this, like, the moment it's locked onto you, it's locked onto you. Yeah, like it's already too late, sort of. Exactly. Until the SCP just scares away by constantly blocking it off and making it super hard. Where it's like, fuck it. And it just <laughs> goes anywhere else in the world. I also like the implication that it could end up being, you know, like big billboards and big cities and just wipe out cities full of people. But it does one person at a time. Sure. And then after it eats, it usually moves on. Okay. But the fact is... The scary part is that it's responding to the SCP trying to contain it. I like it. By going in places where it's a lot harder for the SCP. There's been times where if it'll appear inside like it'll appear inside like a mall. Yeah. The SCP will close down that entire mall. <laughs> but that mall is now closed. Right. No one's allowed in it. Yeah. For some hazardous gas leak or something. And it is permanently locked down, closed. Yeah. SCP will stay a distance from it as to not come to the effect of it. Yeah. By remote monitoring. Mm-hmm. Until someday they'll just go to check on it and it's gone, right? And there's an even like case for it's like addendums where there's been talk of SCP that are like in a truck just kind of leaning back, mm-hmm, easiest job ever, and they look up to the window and, oh my 
God. It's on the wall in front of them. <laughs> and it's talons are out. So that's when they know. Shift change. Yeah. Because now they need to swap the person that are watching it because now they are now in danger. Oh, my God. That's a cool one. And they have to report it immediately. Anytime it moves, they have to be like, it's gone. <laughs> and then the SCP goes on a mad hunt to figure out where it went. Yeah, because it could be presumably anywhere. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's cool. Then you have a narrative slash pataphysical. A narrative anomaly manifests itself within works of fiction, often affecting the content of the work involved by creating characters, changing the setting, or blurring the line between the fiction and the reality. A pataphorical or pataphysical SCP explores narrativic anomalies using the wiki itself as the narrative. It explores the idea of characters we write on the website attempting to communicate and manipulate us. <laughs> what? Being aware of things on the website like author pages, deletions, and discussion forums. Hmm. Okay, so, that's real like... Yeah, that's taking uh, the meta and playing meta, with it. Meta, yeah. Exactly. It's an SCP that's aware of the meta. That's so cool. And then now you have technology and engineering. Okay. So those are some of the most classifications you'll see when they describe what an SCP is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you have technology and engineering. You have a Scrant Reality Anchor. Anchor. Scrant Reality Anchors are technological devices used by the Foundation to essentially regulate... Shut up, battery. Consensus do, Reality. Do you, need, do you need a plug? Actually, I don't think my plug will even reach you. That'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> Effects of the reality bending entities are anchored down areas where the level of unreality is higher or lower than normal, counterbending it so that it matches the reality that we know and inhibit. Many contemporary authors have criticized the widespread use of SRAs, as a catch-all for containing any type of structural or autokinetic effect. Okay. So anything that's reality-bending, the SCP will deploy an SRA. And it just kind of anchors reality as it exactly, is. Exactly. reality stabilizing being, field. Yeah. So they've been becoming less and less popular because a lot of authors are using it as the catch-all for autokinetic. Yeah. So they're like... A lot of, like little it, it'll get downvoted because it's like, it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it, they still do get upvoted on some situations, but a lot of authors just for the sh the fun of it have been getting away from SRAs. Yeah. yeah. Be more creative. It's more fun to be more creative. I would think so. And then you have the telekill. These are the OG SRAs. Back in the old days, except the problem was worse. <laughs> in its original form, it was a metal that blocked all mind-affecting or compulsive effects. People went crazy over it and started using it in all of their containment procedures and yeah. mistakenly thought it also blocked memetic effects, now, <laughs> and we're all dead. Scranton's rewrite of the article added some nuances and drawbacks to it. So you have Dr. Scranton, which is a in-lore doctor. Okay. He is established. He can be mentioned in almost any SCP document, but there are still rules in place that Dr. Scranton can't do. Okay. But he's become like this SCP doctor above all. No one okay. can know who the O5 Council is. He's like the Professor Oak of SCP. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> he is the head... Doctor of SCP, who is awesome SCP in his own right. Okay. He is a fucking goose chasing his own self. <laughs> I bet. But a lot of the community uses Dr. Scrant as like the, here's why it changed. Yeah. It's way to work on canon by saying, hey, Dr. Scrant discovered something different with it. Okay. So okay. he's become. So basically, if you want to change something in the canon. You could have an addendum where Dr. It, it, Scranton. Yeah. yeah, he's an instance of revision. Like he's uh, yeah, exactly. he's your he he's your editing tool, mm -hmm. exactly, or a community editing tool where something can become canon, but then the community can now edit this canon right. with Doctor Scran. Gotcha. That's cool. 
I mean, that gives the community a way to sort of clean itself up as it moves forward. Make sure everything stays canon. Exactly. He's the <laughs> fix-it tool. Yeah. Now, Humes, I know we mentioned this earlier. Humes is a unit of measurement that measures the intensity of reality present in the area. Mm-hmm. Crucial to understanding how SRAs and other technologies work, they are useful in quantifying how powerful reality bending effects are. Okay. And then there's a linked article to the wiki you could always find. And then you have scenarios, a K-class scenario. Okay. A term used to classify possible apocalypse scenarios, which the foundation deals with on a daily basis. When discussing the possible effects of dangerous effects or entities, the most common type is a XK-class, which describes a conventional destruction of the planet scenario. Just a regular daily apocalypse. Like the planet may be destroyed. Yeah. There are multiple minor no ones. <laughs> exactly. Whose effect distinctions in canon are being argued over, including CK class, the restructuring of reality, AK class, humanity goes crazy, <laughs> SK class, the dominant species on Earth is no longer humans. Ooh. So there's another, and then ZK class, reality slash universal failure. Universal failure. My but so the SK class, <laughs> there's actually, so Bigfoot has been done as an SCP. Okay, yeah, you mentioned this to me before. It's so fucking good. Yeah, that's a great idea to like sort of bring in some of our cultural legends and, and stuff. if anybody that is really just an SCP, I implore you to watch the Vulgans version of the Bigfoot SCP. Yeah. I'll have to find its no- his number. It's so good, and it gives you goosebumps thinking about it. Oh, my God. It's because it talks about how mankind evolved to live in the morning and the daylight. Bigfoot evolved to live at night. Right. But Bigfoot used to be an entire race, and it's still an entire race. Okay. Mm, where we pursued, we pursued mechanical technology. Yeah. The Bigfoot race pursued biological technology. Yeah, you told And me they this. far exceeded us in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. But like, with the power of the daytime, we overthrew them and, like, yeah. massacred their species as a whole. But they're coming back. Yeah. And this is where the spark gets scary. And they've been leaving, like, communication notes in different ways saying – we forgive you what you did. Ooh. But a lot of humans don't know what we did. Mm. Yeah, right. And these sightings are becoming, that's why the sightings are becoming more and more popular. It's not that Bigfoot's being more crazy. It's just there's more of them. Yeah, the and population rebound. Any visions of Bigfoot sightings, SCP is to mobilize immediately. Oh, really? So like very serious, like, like, like four alarm. If like I've seen a, a Bigfoot. SCP is to mobilize immediately to that site and investigate. That's cool. All right. So like but at least they forgive us. Does well. and it's like the whole part of it is absolutely terrifying. If you Do want a good say, look up Bigfoot SCP. The Vulcan has it. I'll probably have the number before the end of this podcast, or I'll make Dave edit it or whatever. We'll put it in that something. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Yeah, I was listening to it. I was cooking dinner, and it gave me goosebumps the entire listen. See, that's that's going to be the problem for me listening to these. Is I have a tendency to get creeped the hell out. SCPs will do that. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are just like super fucking cool. Yeah, like one of them was no listening in bed. Yeah, nope. No, nope. don't. I don't even fuck with that. <laughs> nope. Nope. Bed is a safe space. Yep. No, 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 no. Except when someone makes the clicky noise in oh, his sleep. I, that was an accident. I think we've covered that on this yeah. show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not over it. <sighs> Anyone who watched uh, what you call Hereditary. it, Hereditary, will know what that is. Anyway. Now, we're at the tail end of the breakdown. There now, it is. We got one other topic, amnestic. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who's listening to this at night. Yeah. Right? Get fucked. <laughs> Amnestics are mind-wiping drugs, a narrative tool used by authors to explain A, how the Foundation is able to keep the masquerade of secrecy, and B, create stories dealing with memory and knowledge in universe. These yeah. are simply chemicals that erase a normal human's memory for some amount of time. When the Foundation has to recover an anomaly in the real world or seriously messes up, these are used. I'm sorry, I just blanked out because it pretty, looks like the dog just like spent a long time licking himself and now he's going to throw up. You good, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he's... Oh, yep. He's going to puke. You're going to puke, right? He keeps stopping when you guys look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to puke. Please don't puke on my rug. All right, anyway. Sorry, you were saying... <laughs> The wiki. There is one hard and fast rule that I think summarizes all the subject and complex codes of behavior on, on site. Mm-hmm. If you keep the following in mind, you're well on your way to being a successful member of this committee. Act like a normal, mature, and responsible human being. Act like <sighs> you deserve to be here, making good impression. That's okay. direct notes from the SCP wiki. Okay. They're saying like they have a very strong sense of when you do an SCP document, act like you're part of the SCP Foundation. Yeah, act like you belong here. Exactly. Yeah. Have, are, have some command of the situation. And no author is specifically more important than any other author. Right. Because an SCP Foundation, even if you're a class four person that's in charge of everything. Yeah. SCP, if it needs to, will kill you. Right. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. You also don't know who anyone is and what exactly. class anyone is. So. Yeah, it's kind of great that on some level, the authors disappear into the thing. If you've done your job really well. Exactly. You don't really it's exist It's not at about all. you. Yeah. It's about Your the work SCPs. is what matters, which is cool. Exactly. And then from there, the wiki talks about all different things. Like they go over like voting. You can upvote or downvote. Any page to signify that you believe it is up to standard or that you don't think it's good enough to be showcased on the site. Yeah. Vote responsibly. Yes, you can vote for your own work is sure. their mindset. Yeah, you get one vote. Why not? So once something has been voted enough and has sat on Reddit long enough, it mm-hmm. will then make it to the wiki nice. where the wiki is the official canon site. But they use Reddit as a kind of here's how we gauge if it belongs on the site. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't have enough upvotes, it's on the site. And then from there it goes in even once you're on the site. You just passed the hurdle. Okay. Now the rest of it is, how canon is this? Is it just going to be an SCP in the works? But with enough upvotes, there's really no like specific number you have to reach. Yeah, right. It's just how popular is it? Does it follow the format? Okay, it follows the format. Yeah. Has, the it, has it persevered? Exactly. Yeah, do people like it enough? And it doesn't even have to be the best SCP story ever. It just has to follow the format. If everybody's like, nope, that follows the format perfectly. It doesn't conflict with anything. Yeah. It's now on the site. I feel like this is something that's going to get harder and harder to be able to. Uh, to what's the word I'm looking to manage to? It? No, not to manage, but to. Well, I mean, kind of to manage, but to add new things to, to add new SCPs because there's so much canon that yeah. knowing that you're not stepping on something else's toes, like. As a writer, it's got to be very, very difficult to keep up with you're everything either, that's already You're there. either going to be downvoted all the time, or <laughs> you're going to have to, like, memorize the wiki until yeah. you can do something, like, and original. cool thing is you don't have to, because whenever you post an SCP file that you want to be on the site, yeah. you have to keep your comment section open. Yeah. And the majority of the time, people are like, hey, this already exists, and they will reference the SCP. 
Right. So then you can then go, okay, cool, thanks. And you can edit it and change it from there. And then okay. once it's been edited, it'll always have like a little edited off button so people can see, right. okay, no, they've taken criticism. Good. Yeah, right. That makes sense. And on the wiki, this is the only thing I do love. The wiki has important notices. In keeping with the SCP wiki's presentation of itself as a pseudo-professional writing forum, there are some behaviors that you should keep in mind to avoid. Firstly, you are free to debate and disagree with people respectfully in the forums or in the discussion pages. Even mods or admins, however, you are expected to act gracefully and respectfully when discussing and not to troll or cause drama. Yeah. The staff, authority on whatever site you post on, are trusted, experienced users. Be sure you keep in mind when you are talking to one. So they will <laughs> cut out trolls. Like if you're being a complete troll, you're like, don't shit talk an admin. Don't shit talk anyone. And like when they pick don't admins, there's a lot of vetting they do for admins. Yeah. Like I imagine. And even admins can be just pulled from that spot quickly if they're proven to be yeah. favoritists or if they're just if they're being trolls themselves. This speaks highly of the community that it polices itself so well. And there's you know. been forums that were super popular, but because just the way admins have changed over the course of months and weeks and years, because people just life yeah. catches up and they move and they step down, whatever. Yeah. But like if you become a forum that's utterly toxic, yeah. the SCP Foundation as a whole, as those that are participate, will bury your forum. <laughs> so if, it's, if right. it comes in discussion like, no, do not post on this because it's just people that don't take it seriously, yeah. your forum will become dead. Sure. Because the SCP Foundation will post on a wiki saying, hey, by the way, this forum... Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Another one is don't get ahead of yourself in the community either. You aren't going to get anywhere sassing other users. Vandalizing pages by fixing them because all of them are supposed to be like an open edit format. Oh, oh, right. Because it's a wiki. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that'd be horrible. Someone coming in and just, uh, you know, cleaning things up to uh, their yeah. idea of what happened. And they consider it vandalizing pages. It would be, yeah. And making major edits or trying to troll people or mess up the wiki or the users on it. If you want to be a successful member of SCP Wiki, I reiterate, act with complete and rationality, being yeah. respectful but still risk-taking. Yeah. Don't post inappropriate or shocking content. It's nearly always done in an effort to get attention or by hackers slash trolls. Mm-hmm. So... Like, no, there has been SCPs that prey on children and kill children. That's perfectly fine in the SCP format. Yeah. But don't use that to talk about, like, what the internet calls, like, CP. Oh, okay. Like, that'll be handled quickly. It'll gotcha. be reported. Like, so they a, don't play with that. An SCP is not any, uh, an, an excuse to write something grotesque for the sake of being grotesque. Yeah, like, yeah. there's been an SCP that... Kills dismembers and eats children. Yeah. That went through because it's an SCP. It's a terrifying SCP. It, it's yeah. about <laughs> the story and the SCP. It's not about like being gross about it. Yeah. Like one SCP is this terrifying pumpkin thing that spreads and it's a really good story. Yeah. But it attracts children through a song and the children will come. Yeah. And the moment they realize what's happening, these little ghost children will murder them. Yeah dismember them oh my God. and that murdered child now becomes part of this part of the Ooh. pumpkin crew it's super fucking creepy part of the pumpkin crew and now, pumpkin babies <laughs> terrifying murder babies but that has been an approved SCP terrifying murder pumpkin babies because that's where it stops it talks about the dismemberment murder and like child yeah. of course like you hear them screaming and crying but like it 
that's fine. That's a it's yeah. unfortunately it's a SCP that not all SCPs are nice. I'm sure that I'm sure there's lots of things people try to sneak into these things for their own reasons or interests. Yeah, like that if don't you go into too detail about murdering a child yeah. that is not of the SCP format, yeah. then yeah. it gets taken down. Sure. So they still fall that kind of trend like look you can have really dark SCPs like kill children. You just have to justify it, I feel like, in the story. Yeah, you don't need, like, there's no reason for all the gory detail. Yeah, yeah don't be, like, viscerally talking about, like, oh, it likes to behead the children and yeah. do things to the body. You're like, no, the children, and then you use medical terms for it. Yeah, right. That's the other thing is you're writing from the perspective of, like, a, like a foundation of scientists, and, and they're, they're not going to write. And then usually if you do discuss about... Way children being injured they do re- recommend like since you're a doctor talking about this reflect some form of humanity out of it yeah right like the scp foundation as a whole has been proven in multiple scp documents just as they've written it mm-hmm. will go through great lengths to protect children sure so because it, it's children and human mankind has evolved to protect children at all costs they're the good guys for god's sake exactly so <laughs> and that's where it's be crazy the website and chat are out of universe discussions as well mm-hmm. Do not role play on the forums. Do not role play as your username or bio. We are a creative writing slash flash fiction anthology, not a role playing site. So basically the only thing that's in character is is your writing of the SCP. If you're commenting in the comments, you're not pretending (laughs) to be an SCP doctor or scientist or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You're just, you, you are acknowledging it for what it is, which is a writing experiment, basically, and you're not trying to be in character the right. whole time. And yeah, one thing I do like what they say is writing SCPs is difficult. Anybody who's ever successfully done it can tell you that. They tell you it's like scaling a mountain to create a piece of fiction that is set apart from the already existing 4,000 SCPs. Yeah. yeah. Right. And to write it well enough that it truly engages the reader, it's no secret. You need writing chops. Yeah. yeah that's, but, it's got to be quite the experiment in writing, <laughs> quite the prompt. <laughs> yeah. I could see you doing this, Dave. It'd be fun to try. I've always thought about making SCP, but my mind is already on a million different tasks. I would just rather just enjoy it and yeah. maybe yeah. put it in a D&D campaign. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> But the only way, if you want anything to be part of an SC, like they're not a role play by yeah. any means. Yeah, you want right. to do role play, pick up D&D. I'll teach you I, how to do it. I kind of <laughs> like that about it because it is. it does seem like a group that would be so hard to break into because of all of like the lore and the, the roles. And the, yeah. But I do appreciate the fact that it's like we're not pretending to be anything we're not. This is fiction. We acknowledge it's fiction. Yeah. You just have to like get past the learning curve, and here you are. Yeah, if you want to be part of the SCP yeah. Foundation, here's how you do it. You make up a set SCP number. You do item class, object class, special containment procedures, description, and supplements. Yeah. Now, there's times when you do these things. In supplements, that is where you talk about the stories, like what happened, what people have seen. Yeah. Because that's part of the supplement that talks about it. One of them talks about a town that is now contained. And when you go inside the town, every so often, like every couple on like a certain, I think it was like at like 12 something. Yeah. Every day you will see this sort of people running away. Then hours later, you just see like these disembodied. And then you can, when you explore the town, you see the remains of these. Oh, like, okay. 
Yeah, I guess I remember the movie. It was like the mist or the fog where those creatures the are killing people. Yeah. It's a town that's a lot like that where something killed these people. Okay. And the SCP has sent in expedition forces in like armored trucks with weapons that go in and it causes some anomaly that makes communication equipment messed up mm-hmm. and people die. Holy shit. Like dismembered and destroyed and they don't know what's going on. They okay. can't tell what's going on. They can't communicate what's going on in there. Even with long range radios, they've gotten better communication. Yeah. But now it is secured in a massive fence around it that no one is allowed in without direct SCP approval. And SCP has currently banned all expeditions inside this town okay. because the loss of life has gotten too high. Like, you know what? We just can't know for now. Yeah. Lock it down. No one goes in. No one comes out. <laughs> That's cool. So, like, SCP is so, like, and that, if you want to create a roleplay-like lore, this yeah. is where you talk about it. If yeah. you want to see what good SCP roleplay looks like, listen to the Vulgan. He does such a great job roleplaying yeah. the SCP Foundation. Yeah, yeah especially- it, it seems like there's a place for indulging in that, and it's when you're writing the actual SCP and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the, the supplementals. I feel like what you're talking about, like these, like they can often be like logs or things at the ends of an SCP entry. So it's like, you know, in the case of the Vulcan, he'll like read these transcripts of conversations of people. You know. out. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It really is like a chance to like further expand on the uh, story around like an event. And now I my f- favorite topic to wrap up SCP. Okay. What is SCP-001? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I'm glad you're bringing this back because that was very uh, intriguing and we, we've held off on talking about it for a while. SCP-001 is the most coveted SCP title people can make. Yeah. It is the most vetted. So here's a couple breakdown of it. Yeah. What is SCP-001? In the early days of the site, when the wiki was just getting started, there was some debate over what should be this sacred number Zero, 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 one. Everyone agreed that it had to be incredibly written. Everyone agreed that it had to be big, something deserving of the very first spot, but nobody could agree who should do the honor of writing it. The answer? Everyone can write their own <sighs> vision of the SCP-001. Yeah. So SCP-001 is anybody. Thus, the system of proposals began. Okay. As authors, individuals' ideas of 001, they vary wildly and contradict each other. On the 001 hub page, so it has its own hub page. Yeah. It says that the real 001 is so secret that a number of false ones have been created. This explanation allows there to be multiple self-contradictory 001s. Okay. One of them could be the true one to you, or maybe you want a couple to be canonical at the same time. Maybe all of them are fake, or maybe all of them are true. It all depends on your canon and how much you like a given proposal. That's a great way to deal with In this. In effect, SCP-001 proposals are canon builders. So, usually if you want to figure out what SCP canon is in your head, mm-hmm. find one of the couple 001s that have become agreed upon, and that's where you base your SCP foundation in. Gotcha. So, my SPD foundation may be a little bit different to yours. Right. Because my canon can be a little bit different. Right. That's a really eloquent way to handle this. Yeah, rather than like squabble over the one true beginning to this whole thing. They're all true and none of them are true at the same time. That's great. (laughs) I really, I really like the whole idea of this community. Me too. It gets even better. So creating SCP-001 proposal is as easy as writing it and then submitting it just like any other SCP. There's no special ritual, Uh although unless you're incredibly experienced, it will most likely get deleted. Sure. As of June 2018, 26 SCP-001 proposals have been successfully posted. 
26 uh, successful 001s. As of 2018. This started in 2007. <laughs> Only 26 001s have made it to the final block. Wow. All this have been deleted and downloaded. I get it, though. Like, it should be that exclusive. Oh, yeah. And each one is a product of a lot of work and high concept. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It makes sense. High concept stuff to for the origination of this entire foundation. Where one person created an idea and everybody worked together editing and chop shopping this thing. Like, no, this. How about this? What about this? Yeah. So from 2007 to 2018, as of that, of that last posted, 26 have made it. <laughs> That's so cool. And then I have nine of the 26 for people to reference. <laughs> okay. So Dr. Clef's proposal. So you're going to eventually learn most proposals are going to have like a doctor or some kind of nice title because if you make it to zero to one, you deserve some kind of sure. acknowledgement by your hand name, your whatever. Yeah. So this one is one of my favorites. Dr. Clef's proposal. The foundation was established to prepare humanity for the rapture slash apocalypse. SCP-001 is the angel guarding Eden. So now, SCP-001, the guardian. This is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. It is a large angel entity with a large flaming sword that uh -huh. has been proven to be immune to any form of assault, virtually indestructible, yeah. and any assault on it has been retaliated with extreme prejudice no matter where you are on the planet. Okay. And it has been proven to be utterly destructive, almost unstoppable. Yeah. There's been other SCPs that have posed threats to it, but this is where the multiple 001 come in. Right. Okay, sure. And now we have Dr. Mann's proposal. First and only natural anomaly was a spiral path in New York. A group of ambitious scientists experimented with reality using this as the thread and created every single other anomaly in the database. So Ooh. only one anomaly exists. And that is this reality thing in New York. All the others are meant to cover this one up. Oh, so the entirety of SCP is fabrication of to bury the needle in the haystack. Exactly. That's great. Where? So I'll read it <laughs> one more time because this is a tricky one. Yeah. The first and only natural anomaly was a spiral path in New York. Now, this spiral path, the way it works is it's a giant circular path. Yeah. That always goes up and down uh -huh. and it never ends. Gotcha. So you could walk it forever. Yep. Never hit the middle. A group of ambitious scientists experimented with reality using this as the thread and has created every single other anomaly in the database. So the only <laughs> anomaly is this one that they created by messing with reality. Now that this is this bent reality in New York. That's so cool. Every other SCP is there to distract everyone else from it. I love that. Another really good one is S. Andrew Swan's proposal. The SCP Foundation is aware of its fictionality. They are currently discussing ways to kill their authors. <laughs> so SCP-001 yeah. is us. We are a version of SCP-001. Oh, my God. The people posting it. <laughs> okay. Is it has come to life in its own right. Oh, that's cool. That's a really weird and, again, high concept approach. Now you got Roguette's proposal. Is a Keter class anomalies are inherent part of the universe and can be contained using each other by releasing all Keter class anomalies in the universe can be manually restructured. Oh, so why bother containing them essentially? In a sense. So I'll reread it one more time. Keter class anomalies are an inherent part of the universe and can be contained using each other. By releasing all Keter class anomalies, the universe can be manually restructured. Mm -hmm. Wow. So if all the Keter class anomalies were released back into wild, it no would be neutral. 
Potentially. Mm. If manipulated properly, you could restructure the entire universe. To hmm. however you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a cool idea. And then you have this one. This was actually a dual proposal from Twisted Gears slash Cactus Proposal. SCP-001 is one manifestation of the mechanical god worshipped by a clockwork cult, which wreaked havoc on the world before the military destroyed it. Okay. All right. <laughs> then you have Kalinin's proposal. Humanity was originally a slave race whose suffering was harvested to create utopia on another planet. We Ooh. escaped and then tried to cloak ourselves. The cloak has failed and our masters are trying to bring us home. This feeds back to the Adam and Eve idea. Oh. Adam okay. and Eve were the pods we used to get here. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. We have another proposal. WJS's proposal. SCP-001 is the document that records what the Foundation defines as anonymous or not. Wait, say that again? WJS's proposal. SCP-001 is the document that records what the Foundation defines as anonymous or not. Oh. Oh, So that's very paradoxical. Exactly. It is what defines something as an anomaly. That is 001. Okay. Now we have Lily's proposal. 24 hours before an event that will cause the end of life on Earth, humanity will spontaneously lose all desire for negative emotion and conflict, and flowers will bloom across the planet. <laughs> okay. So that pretty much this one is, it's a, uh, not an info hazard, but I forget which one. I don't know which one that would classify under. But 24 yeah. hours before all life on Earth will end, mankind will achieve perfect world peace and flowers will sprout Utopia. everywhere. That's cool. That one's a really cute one. I think that one just made it through just as like yeah. that. It's so nice. Palette cleanser. <laughs> it's a great palette cleanser before everybody's dead. Yeah, a little bit of eye bleach. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one on this list. Okay. Is, is this your favorite or did no. you save it for any? Okay. The first one was my favorite. I like the first one too. The Jock 2's Proposal 2. A humanoid that can manipulate space, time, and universal constraints at will. When he accidentally created, he tells the Foundation that he can save them from an impending destruction of the multiverse by terminating all their timelines. Hmm. Is it Rick Sanchez? (laughs) And then this is from... (laughs) Of course. This is actually from the Vulgan. It is my personal suggestion that you don't start with SCP-001. The proposals are usually quite complex and require some knowledge of Foundation lore, which is either played with, expanded on, or subverted. Yeah. Read conventional SCPs before you take the 001 deep dive. That makes sense. You kind of need to like establish like what the universe Baby is like. Baby steps, yeah. Yeah. Learn the rules, learn the format. 001 will be more enjoyable to someone who already has some experience. Yeah. So once you grasp SCP, that's where you should pick your 001. Yeah. Where you understand these classifications. What's a Keter class? What's a Euclid? Yeah. What's an amnestic? Right. What is a autokinetic? What is a meme? What is an anti-meme? Once you know those... <laughs> there you go. So damn consistent. <laughs> and then there's two Fussy. last classifications. For there's when people what? are... There's two more classifications I saved for the land. Okay. SCP-EX. Classifications designate an SCP that is no longer considered anomalous. It is explained the object or phenomenon in question still exists, but the Foundation has deemed it to be an acceptable part of consensus reality, or it was a giant fake-out, or it turned out to be just a new scientific discovery. Okay, that's cool. So that could be either something that was, like, actually anomalous that they needed to, like, you know, retcon something for, or, like, uh... new technologies that we didn't understand, like when we discovered plasma. Uh-huh. Originally, that could have been an SCP until we're like, no, this is actually normal. Right. 
This can be recreated anywhere, and it's not anomalous. It's just unknown technology. Nice. Okay. And then you have an SCPJ. This is this one always makes me giggle. SCPJ is a joke SCP, a parody SCP, in a sense of joke SCPs <laughs> are explicitly non-canon. Use an SCP format to format a joke around or make fun of something for the benefit of the reader. They may riff on universe tropes like overwrought security, over-the-top containment, yeah. cold, <laughs> okay. cold posting, or bad OCs. Or they may parody things like food poisoning, bad drivers, easily angered people, or that one movie. They may even make fun of the elements and other popular canon SCPs. Ultimately, a joke SCP is just a way to make the reader laugh. If a joke SCP is not well written and very funny, it will be downvoted. Right. So even the non-canon joke SCPs are still... Still pretty, like, stringent. And then finally, we have SCP-ARC. Archived SCPs. These are usually legacy pages from the very old days of the site, when standards were low and the mass low and the mass edit had not been conducted yet. Uh, so there was a mass edit where they went through the SCP Foundation and just oof. fixed everything. Wow, the culling. Well, but <laughs> well they, I'm, I imagine at the beginning of this, the the structure, the format wasn't well defined. Sure. So they eventually went through and made everything the same format. Mm-hmm. That's quite the undertaking. After the mass edit has not been conducted... Uh, old days of the site the standards were low and the mass edit had not been conducted while most of these SCPs were deleted some of them needed to have text archives due to their usage in other tales or still existing SCPs uh-huh. or because they were historically important arcing is no longer in use since the opening of the series 2, 3, and 4 and you'll most likely never read one of those Yeah, so right. the arc ones are just ones that they have cataloged as like the progenitor SCPs like yeah. this started the format and these are the ones that st- mention, like, the reality anchors right. and anesthetics. Because they mention it, they deserve to be archived. Right. Like, they're they're important for some reason in the history of SCP, even if they're not anymore considered, like, canon- canonical or part of the story or whatever. Exactly. And there's all other kinds of stuff. There's some canons. Some of the set canons is one of them is my favorite is the Broken Masquerade. A World Worth Foundation's existence is known by everybody. Another okay. canon is Resurrection, a deliberate attempt to resurrect the action-oriented SCP Dr. Crazy Days of Series 1 in which an MTF composed of anomalous humans is formed. Okay. And then there's the third law, a pulpy sci-fi partech world dominated by the machinations of Prometheus Labs and Anderson Robotics. Ratness, the military killed God and the Foundation is now covering it up. Reality <laughs> is slowly unraveling and falling apart. That's interesting. So there's all kinds of things you can do, all kinds of canons. If anybody wants to know more, the best thing you can do is just go to the SCP wiki and yeah. then kiss your life goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like the thing you could sink so much time into. Like 4,000 canonized stories plus supplemental materials. And now that we're in series five, yeah, it's going to be from a number to a number that will be discussed in extensive on the wiki until eventually <laughs> they go, all right, based from this year to this year, so let... Series four ended in 2018. Yeah. Well, this going into 2020. We may have like one more year of, and that's how they kind of gear the numbers. They'll find a round number that's always in the 999 series. Okay. So right now we go up to 3,000. So that means 4,000 to 4,999 will be this next generation of SCPs. And that kind of depends on how active the group is, right? Yeah, well, the group is so like still incredibly so active. So like 2017 yeah. to 2018 was the last series. 
and it was only a year because there's yeah because there's probably a lot within that year how active people are how good people are and how willing other (laughs) people are to accept whatever comes down the pike right exactly yeah so it is that's pretty much my run of the scp foundation it is there's so much more incredibly comprehensive yeah that was well done matt it was better than i could have done on my own for sure so it's so it's it's so dense every single page has so much going on and it is a <laughs> rabbit hole it like better words it is a goose chase of a topic yeah that's definitely that like i've said multiple times this episode this topic is exactly the reason that this podcast was created i have a question for you on this can you filter these scps by for example their classifications or yes okay so multiple people have been amazing people that have made YouTube channels dedicated to SCP Foundation, and they have created playlists oh. of Euclid class, Keter class. Yeah. Can I find safe. all the things that are like uh, whatever the ones that make you forget them or whatever? Yep. Ah. So let's awesome. See. I'll just pull up one real quick. See poo. Okay. <laughs> quick see poo. Yeah, because that's ultimately I think how I would use this is. Let's pick like a category and have a little scroll through some of them. And so if you just type in SCP, of course you get the Vulgan pops up first. Yeah. Because he's become one of the most popular ones. And you have the Exploring series. Yeah. Which talks a lot about that. Yeah. And then so a lot of the stuff I got, the Vulgan did a lot better job talking about. Because him and I both pulled from an extensive wiki. Okay. That talked more about it. I say he's primarily just reading them though, right? Yeah, he reads them and then he like brings life to him in such a way yeah. like as someone that plays a lot of D and DMs a lot, I can only hope to be as good. Yeah, I gotcha. Just good. I mean just I mean, we listened to some of his uh, you know, whatever it was a couple of weeks ago or whatever. There you go. The Vulgan has SCP documents, safe Euclid and Ketter, hundred and fifty three <laughs> items. So the Vulgan has gone through and Yeah. Set them up. So let's see if I could find a nice short one for everybody. That'll be like there's a zombie plague one. There's a tub that debates with you. Mm. <laughs> I almost feel like I don't want to include any in the episode because yeah. it's someone else's material. That's where I'm kind of on the fence too about. So what yeah, I'm going to do is just like maybe a clip. Sure, a little like clip. in the middle. Yeah, a Less teaser. than 30 seconds. Yeah, we'll do a little teaser. <laughs> so what we might just go ahead and do is let him read it. SCP-1000 Okay This is the Bigfoot one Sure Okay So We'll go ahead and listen to the beginning So you guys can kind of hear what he sounds like We're not going to play the whole one Okay Yeah this is a teaser This is uh, something to get people to go to his channel So this is Volgan How do you spell it again? The Volgan V Obviously the V-O-L-G-U-N Okay Good morning everyone You want to put it in front of the mic probably Miller and the SCP we're going to be studying today is SCP-1000, the big one. It's not really a big one, it just happens to be 1000. Anyway, I digress. Object class, Keter. Special containment procedures. All media reports related to SCP-1000 are to be examined for potential verifiability. All organizations and individuals... So that's a okay. brief entry to what he talks about, like how he discusses it is he's talking like a professor... That is reading these SCP documents. Yeah, it feels like you're in a classroom, like you're being yeah. prepared and to he does uh, such a good job to join the I SCP found him foundation. By accident. Does he have video with it, or is it just audio? He actually has video with his series. So we're going to kind of like we'll a, do a little bit more teaser if you guys hear in the background. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's usually like stock video and the text. Oh, okay, gotcha, by. gotcha, and gotcha. Now, I I remembered we watched some of them, but I couldn't remember what it looks like. The script he reads off will be on the right side. Yeah, and then like right now, SB one thousand is Bigfoot. There's pictures of Bigfoot that'll change throughout the presentation, like he's doing mm-hmm. a slideshow. Yeah. That's cool. I actually so really like the aesthetic of that too. Yeah, it looks cool. It sounds cool. His voice is great, and he just yeah, he does have a really good voice. Yeah. Some and YouTube people are so annoying. It's always refreshing <laughs> when you find one who isn't. You My favorite is how uh, they keep doing. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome oh back God. to Insert Channel here. Yeah, smash that button. <laughs> Make sure you smash that like button. Give Good me a follow. You. Let's get this party started. By halfway through the sense, I'm already like, nope. And then like, uh, you know, cut to like one of those bajillion channel intro videos that they right. got from a stock video site. It's it's, it's why we cherish. Never asks for anything. <sighs> That's good. <laughs> he just it, does his fucking job. It's yeah. why we cherish people who are like that in in videos that are silent. <laughs> well, you know, like we we uh we do a lot of obviously like we put time and effort into this thing and we don't ask for anything either because you should be doing what brings you joy. He and does he clearly end of the scene thing where he will talk about hey I have a Patreon it does sure. help me do this yeah. And but it's I think it's very different from uh, begging me at the beginning of the video yeah. to smash that like or button. Or having so much fake charisma just to try to get people to be around. Ugh. Ugh. It's, yeah. Uh, There's, there is a a YouTuber mode that's just yeah. the same. Well, it's the same as like uh, radio personalities, how they, they yeah. all fall into this radio voice. Yeah. Why do we they all call, talk like this? They actually call that throwing up. That's, oh, yeah, right, that right, right. style of talking is, yeah. is throwing up your voice. Yeah. And I fucking hate it. I'm sure they mean like throwing up, like a, like pitching more than puking, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like it comes from the throat. Yeah. Every oh, yeah. single syllable is pushed oh, God, from the it. throat. I hate that. Oh. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> we're just like fucking kick their puppy. This is DJ Wizkid in the morning. <laughs> DJ Wizkid? Yeah, I don't know. I like it. So, <laughs> I fucking hate that voice. For any of you people that do YouTube, this mm. is how you ask for Patreons. I fucking love this. Okay. Oh, I hope I have volume. Huh? Spooky. You are all dismissed. Thank you. Uh, come on. Come on. Talk, you bitch. Ask me for money. <laughs> so, yeah, what he does is, for context, he has a picture of it says, Thank you to my Patreons. And it has like yeah. different things. Yeah. And so, like, look at that one, he didn't have it. So, anybody that has a. Like, the, <laughs> like that was apparently a really bad one. So, That's whoever right. has like a higher donation. Yeah, they'll like appear on the patrons list. So they all appear on the patrons list. Yeah. But he'll say like special thanks to. Yeah. And he'll read your name. Yeah. He'll be like, Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so. And one person actually had their name as an SCP. Okay. And then he'll put you as like the O5 council on his patron log. Oh, that's cool. And if you're in that, he'll be like, thank you to so-and-so, thank you to so-and-so, thank you to so-and-so. And that's how he does it. Yeah. He finishes the document. He goes. And those who are still here, thank you for listening. Yeah. I want to make special thanks to... And then he reads his top patron donators. Yeah. He says, thank you guys for making this possible. I appreciate it. Yeah. If you enjoyed it, give it a like. This is a good time for us to uh, beg for money, I think, probably. Do you... Uh, send yeah. us money. Oh. 
Yeah, just give us money. Send us money. Yeah, speaking of Patreon, we all have a Patreon. <laughs> no. uh, it's my us. email and PayPal me. Um, no, we don't. Uh, we also take no. Cash App and Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, but in the, we're not in the business so of that, Something obviously. I do want to mention uh, that we are still working on is I've recently got a cricket, and it's okay. going to make it a little easier for us to make a prototype for the T-shirts that we talked about yeah. and stuff like that. So um, that could be coming in the future. Just uh, yeah. a little Goose little Chase note. merch might actually become a thing. Yeah. Which would be fun. All of it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're talking about making the established in shirts. So we just have dope. to yeah, sit down and design it. The one from our Phantom it. Time episode where yeah. we reveal that uh, it's not the I year forget you even think what it is. the year was. It's like 17 like, something? Yeah, it's like 1700s. So does that mean Goose Chase has an SCP? Uh, um, Goose Chase? No, the, the timeline the is an SCP. The Pope is an SCP. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, um, you never know. This is maybe our longest episode in a long time. Yeah. We're clocking in around two hours 40. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. Wow. It might be our longest episode ever. Thanks, Matt. So those who <laughs> slogged through it. No, the, so the thing is, it was very interesting. This has only further inclined me to start taking these SCP you know, documents seriously and looking through them, because oh. I really like what you've turned up for them. So I, I think what you've done for me and hopefully what you've done for other people that listen to this who would be inclined to get into SCPs is provided like an, an entryway to sort of understand things a little better and not be so overwhelmed. <laughs> That's something I didn't which have is, before. Exactly. I knew about which is it, but why I, had no end. I wouldn't look into it because it was just overwhelming. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Now when I drop into one of these, I feel like I understand the right. universe that I'm operating Knowing in. the terminology and the format a little bit. That does make it a million times easier. Because when I first started, I thought, oh, it's a cat. It's super dangerous. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought it meant like that was the danger level. Right. That's what yeah. I thought, too. And then when they put it like the leukemia or whatever it is, I always forget what it's called. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out, I was like, oh, that just means that it's, it's, it's the SCP's bitch. Yeah. But um, what a, a hugely complicated in-universe, you know, series yeah. of the things that you, you would not find out until way too late when you, had, you didn't realize how important they were. It reminds me of Welcome to Night Vale. It uh, yes. reminds me of a lot of things. Warehouse 13 is a big... I just want to go watch that show now. But um, SCP have, Foundation will do that to you. I, yeah. I know I'm going to spend some time with these soon. But for now, let's call it. It's been a long one. It's, um, been, yeah, it's, it's been, been kind of a long episode. But long uh, Gable, thank you for coming super prepared. Yes, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of I, course. I'm uh, excited to see uh, what I can find digging through these 4,000 stories. The moment stories. you do, just let me know and I will talk about SCP all fucking day with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, then, uh, for now, thank you out there for listening to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. <laughs> we will see you probably next week with another episode. <laughs> oh, my God. There that was a again. good one. That was a really good one. <laughs> we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Matt. And uh, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. 
Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 